0: Welcome to Count Creepyhead's Saturday Morning Monster Mash! Blah! This episode is brought to you by Global Milk! Global Milk!
1: Welcome everybody to episode 91 of Count Creepy Heads Saturday morning Monster Mash It's the middle of the week, we're old, we're tired, blah, 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 blah
0: And I now am going to have new cereal of took named after me Is Count Creepy Heads' very disappointing breakfast cereal blah. <laughs> I'd still eat it is going to be flavored with disappointment. Blah!
2: (laughs) Just like adult life.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Enjoy that shredded wheat where they forgot to frost it. (laughs) Or your doctor says, hey, you can't have that anymore because of cholesterol. Yeah. Motherfuckers. Uh, So let me share with you guys what happened to me this week and uh, you can just get a a glimpse into how fun my week has been you guys know that i I work for um, a mobile phone provider verizon and i was uh, i work in various retailers ensuring that their best interests are represented among other things Um, i was at a certain retailer some people say this retailer is the best place to buy electronics. Um, I won't say the huh. name of the place because you know I don't want to. There's but, but there's I some reasons. If
0: you, I, I imagine if you wanted to buy something, that would be the best place to do it.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah. So this retailer, uh, on a regular basis, changes their employee handbook constantly because they're always there's a turnover on the top or they're worried about being sued or whatever. They're just one of those companies that it's always like, guess what? You've got to take 80 hours of training because there's somebody new in the office that thinks it's important that you don't cut your fingers doing this thing or whatever. Uh, so I'm doing my, my, my job in this retailer. And uh, I have to go to the front of the store to ask somebody a question. And there's a senior citizen laying face down on the floor in a pool of blood. Oh, God, a lot of blood and nobody's helping him. All the employees are staring at him. Nobody's doing a thing. And from what I could tell, it was a mix of we're not sure what we're allowed to do because of our constantly changing employee handbook. And we're worried. Uh, We hate our jobs and we don't want to do anything. And we're young. And we're scared. So, it was like this just mix. So, me and another customer stepped forward to help this gentleman up. And what happened was, is he tripped and landed face first on the ground. And his glasses smashed into his nose and dragged down his face and ripped the skin off of his (laughs)
3: Um.
1: So, older guy, not an English speaker nose blood is profuse if you guys just know what happens when you actually break your nose or cut your nose oh yeah lots of blood everywhere uh i immediately the woman runs and gets some paper towels i get the guy upright to stop the bleeding as much as i can because he was bleeding so much he was going to bleed out and he's trying to communicate with me with blood running down his face over his mouth and as he's talking he's spritzing me with blood So, we get the paper towels. We get him in a chair. Uh, Long story short, eventually, uh, we find his wife. We get the bleeding to stop enough that she goes and takes him to urgent care because they don't want to pay for the the ambulance fee, which is understandable. Welcome Mm -hmm. to America. The employees don't do jack shit. Um... Because they're all like, they don't know what what they're supposed to do, what they're not supposed to do. And the only employees that do do anything are worried about the blood that's on the floor that they have to cover up because they don't want customers to see it. Um, On my end, I'm told you better start, go to the doctor immediately because if he has like hepatitis or something. Uh, So for the last three days, I've just been going through round after round of blood tests to make sure I don't have some sort of pathogen that this guy spit on me. Um, and on top of that, I have been worried that I'm going to lose my job by helping this old guy out. Uh, thankfully, that hasn't happened. Um, if that guy like decides to sue, uh, it could come back on me where they could say, like, buried in this handbook that you're supposed to sign, page 44, subsection 8, Line 14, it says you're not supposed to help anybody if they're falling, if they're laying face down in a puddle of blood. Uh, So, so far, I don't have hepatitis or any other cooties or things like that, but when a thing like that happens, um, at least for my employer, you have to go through tons and tons of tests uh, with the phlebotomist, and it sucks.
3: That
2: really fucking sucks, especially if they try to make it come back on you like that. That's
3: awful.
1: Yeah. I mean, I'll, I saved a guy's life. If I get fired for that, at least this guy's alive. I would have rather did the right thing. Right. Instead of this poor old man, just laying in a face of his own, you know, laying face down in a pool of blood. But that's what happened.
2: And you know, the fucked up thing is like, there, there is a lot of places that have those types of rules. Cause I know like at the hospital, technically if someone gets injured outside of the hospital, like it could literally be in the street in front of the hospital. We're not supposed to move them. We're supposed to call uh, an ambulance and have them bring them 10 feet to the hospital. It's yeah. stupid as hell.
0: That's very that, stupid.
2: Well, that, that actually happened once there was a hit and run right on Walnut and the guy was laying in the street, like bleeding. And we had to call 911. And it's like, we can't just take him right into the ER. Like, yeah. But we're legally not allowed to do that. It's like, that is, oh, the legal loopholes drive me crazy.
1: So this is what I have to deal with at uh, a, a job level. It's like, I had to make the call of, am I allowed to do this? Like, there's literal employees in front of me tearing through this handbook, trying to figure out what they're supposed to do, what they're allowed to do. So they had to make the call like, do I put food on my table or do I save a guy's life? That's awesome. And thank God me and a customer, a freaking customer, had really? to do it because they didn't know what to do. And then I, when it's all said and done, I have to fill out paperwork in the store because I was a witness and I potentially did something that they didn't want me to do. And all I wanted to do was punch these employees in the face. Like, right. I, I can't believe you guys didn't do a single thing. What if that yeah. was your grandmother.
2: Yeah, exactly.
1: You know, and it's just really, really freaking made me mad. That's um, fucked up, man. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, but I don't have to get blood work for another year. They're like silver <laughs> lining. Yeah, you know, like you get your yearly checkup and they're like, Well, hey, uh, we'll just do all this while we're here. And I was like, Oh, great, thanks. Um, I hate needles with a with a freaking passion. I'm a big baby. I'd have cool tattoos if it wasn't for that. But um, yeah, how's everybody else doing?
2: Eh, not too shabby. Tired because of, you know, I'm in the middle of a six day stretch. But, uh, and it's been pretty busy at work. But
0: overall, not too bad. Cool. Uh, uh, I, oh, good. I have a pretty exciting announcement that's a, a follow up from last week. Oh. I still have a box. <laughs> <laughs> I,
2: I was i was gonna say uh mike you're talking about pathogens and whatnot i, I literally just recorded the cabin fever episode <laughs> last night so i i have uh those types of viruses on the brain
1: <laughs> dude like and this it, i just you know like i i was having a horrible day so i was like i just want to watch a horror movie when i got some downtime
3: mm-hmm.
1: i don't know what came into me, but I was like, I want to watch Maniac. (laughs) And I got, Uh, you know, a feel-good movie. Yeah, I got like 20 like, no, no, uh, I can't do it. (laughs) (laughs) I literally like went home and I did that, like sit in the shower and scrub my skin until it was raw. And I was just like, ah, once time Savini's head pops, (laughs) I was like, I don't want this.
0: Now, did you did you do it proper? Did you have the crying game blasting while you did it?
1: Yes, I, and I, it was cold water. I kept my clothes on, and I sat down in the shower and rocked myself <laughs> back and forth. Side note: any
0: any time I mention that that song ever, my brain is instantly referencing the um the woman singing karaoke of it in Slither. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Oh my god, I fucking
0: love that movie. I know all there is to know about the crying game.
2: <laughs> and then she goes up an octave, she's like, the crying game.
1: <laughs> oh. so, Good times. Guys, this week's episode is going to be one of our very special episodes. And as far as the pacing of the show goes, it's also going to be very weird because I recorded separately an interview with Heretic Party. Uh, it, it worked out. It went great. Um, but parts of it's kind of very sombering. So I'm keeping the regular show in here for people who like the show and tell segments, the Josh goofing, all of that. So what I'm going to do right now is I'm going to cut it in. And then when we come back, we're going to get to the show proper. The news, the show and tell, the Hall of Fame, all of that. So everybody buckle up, uh, listen to Christian Etley and Leanne from Heretic Party fame, where they tell us what it was like for them in the 80s and the 90s growing up um, with a stricter background as far as um, what they could play with, and what they couldn't. So and then me rambling about religion and confusing a bunch of stuff. It, it's it's going to be great and I'm going to piss a lot of people off So uh, Buckle up and we'll be right back Welcome everybody to a very special episode of Count Creepy Saturday Morning Monster Mash I am joined by Christian Leanne of Heretic Party fame Say hi guys hi, Hey, guys. what's happening? <laughs> um, Happy to be here, man It's about time uh, yeah. I have been dying to pick your brains and uh, for those who don't know, I have a seven-year-old daughter who's very precocious. Zoe, <laughs> what? Bye. Bye. Have fun at Girl Scouts. Start. Yes, fart to you too. I hope you have a, a farting day. Yep, fart. That'll probably That's cut adorable. out. Sorry about that. Okay. Um, <laughs> That's
4: the cutest thing I've ever heard.
1: <laughs> it's a running gag with my daughter to interrupt my podcast with insane stuff. Um, <laughs> so if she sees the doors closed, she like pounds on it and it's always something insane like she's covered in glitter glue or she has like a drill i don't know what's going on and she just but she's going to girl scouts and she's got nutella all over her face
4: love it Uh,
1: (laughs) awesome um so guys you guys are a podcast about ex-apostates meaning you have left the church in some capacity and you're kind of just free willing adults now and you guys are looking back at all your crazy time in the church. Um, and something that we want to talk about on the show on Count Creepy Head Saturday Morning Monster Match that we don't really have a framework to talk about are all those kids in the 80s and 90s that couldn't play with stuff because for whatever reason their parents were strict. There's a lot of fear mongering going on in the church. Uh, things like He-Man got singled out, Harry Potter, Magic Cards. Take your pick. Um, some of us, you know, we had, you know, we went to church. Our parents were a little strict, but we still got to play with whatever we wanted because we were latchkey kids. And it was easy to just give us a toy, plop us in front of the TV, and our parents looked the other way. You guys had the exact opposite experience. Yeah, yeah. Yes. I don't
5: want to speak for Leanne. My my <laughs> upbringing was fairly strict up until a certain point, but uh, I think Leanne had it hardest.
4: Yeah, it was it was very strict. There were, there were so many restrictions.
5: So you all burned toys and stuff like that in your furnace, right? We did.
4: Yeah. We had a wood stove. Mm -hmm. We had a wood stove that would, uh, like help heat the house and stuff. But, um, every once in a while, like if we got Jehovah's witness coming to the door and leaving pamphlets, like my dad would burn those and, um, Oh, one time we got a magic eight ball in a cereal box and that got burned because that was evil.
1: For a frame of reference, Leanne, how old are you?
4: I'm 36. I'm 42.
1: I mean, (laughs) it's not a contest. And where'd you grow up, Leanne?
4: Boise, Idaho.
1: Christian, what about you? I'm 43 and I grew up in El Paso. Okay, so we're 80s and 90s kids.
3: Mm
1: -hmm. Totally. That's Um, right. What kind of things did your parents see and just goes in the stove, like Barbie dolls?
4: No, I do still have my Barbies, so at least we had those. But anything um, anything remotely magical, okay? Yeah, yeah. If it if it could be considered divination or witchcraft, then it could not stay in the house. It had to be destroyed.
1: And you've since you've had a magic eight ball. The world didn't end.
4: I have. I don't actually have one.
1: Oh, so, I know what to get you for your birthday. <laughs> you haven't, like, played with the Magic 8-Ball and it told you to, like, kill some prostitutes or anything crazy, right? Didn't tell you to worship Satan.
4: Um, It said, ask again later.
1: Oh, okay. <laughs> the evils they of the Magic your own 8-Ball. 8-ball. <laughs> Christian, you told me you got your first He-Man toy, finally.
5: I did. Leanne got me my first He-Man toy for my birthday. I've got it right here. Here it is. I know you're very curious. I I heard you all talking about it in the last episode. I got... uh, I'm going to tell you all the info I can find here. Uh, uh, Flying Fists He-Man. Oh! Rook Leader with Arm Swinging Action. Modern Posing Retro
1: Play. Congratulations. Welcome to the club. Is that a good (laughs) one? You've got a muscly man in a loincloth who fights a blue guy with a skull for a head. Because of Satan.
5: That's right. (laughs) And they never mentioned, uh, at least none of the churches I went to, the homoeroticism. But boy, that is the biggest danger here. This guy is hot.
1: (laughs) Uh, It's been. (laughs) If you ever get bored and you want to go down the He-Man rabbit hole, um, it can very easily be construed that He-Man is a metaphor for being gay. Um, Really? And it just works really great within the context of the story. Um, Kevin Smith got the opportunity to like make some new He-Man stories for Netflix. And it's a subplot that He-Man's alter ego is Prince Adam, who is like a skinnier version of He-Man. So in the 80s, all they did was just paint some clothes on a pre-existing He-Man toy and gave him a little purple <laughs> vest and called uh. him Prince Adam. Um, but the metaphor is, is that He's coming out of the closet as a big, oily, muscly, blonde man in furry underwear. Of course he's gay. And he comes out to his parents. Uh, And people were all up in arms, but they kind of missed the point. Like, the things you love about He-Man, him punching Skeletor and fighting robots and all that crazy stuff. None of that's changed. He's just seriously, Like, of course he's gay. Look at him. Who else (laughs) would spend that much time on their abs? And that all that baby oil, that that awesome tan, his page boy haircut, you know. (laughs) I'm sensing a queer eye crossover. This guy's got it together. (laughs) Uh, So I remember very specifically as a kid, some church somewhere got a hair up their ass and got challenged that He-Man said he was the strongest man in the universe. Not God. Or Jesus. And they took that to heart and just went to war against he-man and it was kind of just like the beginning of this fear-mongering of you can't play with these certain toys are not approved by the church did you see a lot of that growing up christian or you just you you had a good childhood and it didn't matter
5: i i had a good childhood it's uh it's tough to just weigh those things against each other you know i i didn't i had a good childhood i had toys i didn't get to play with certain ones and there were a bunch of cartoons that were banned, and if you look at it on the surface like that, that's fine. I, I had a good childhood, but if you consider the times that I was terrified that my friends were going to go to hell because they were playing with certain toys or watching certain cartoons, or I was panicked because I took part in something like d you know, secretly at school and had like a panic attack as a you know 10 year old then my childhood starts to look a little more troublesome and everyone's got traumas. Right. But, but uh, I think these specific ones were rooted in, in nonsense and just bullshit fear that the church was using to control people. It's mostly based on this one particular book. I have my copy right here in case you wanted to ask what this book had to say about any of your favorite toys but it was called, right. It was called turmoil in the toy box. It came out in 1983, 1987, 1987, I think. And it was written by a guy named Phil Phillips, who was uh, a missionary and a speaker at various churches. And I got a copy, you know, uh, about two years ago just so I could flip through it and use it for the podcast and I immediately recognized the spine. This, is, uh, this was on the bookshelves of all my church leaders. And as I was flipping through it, I was noticing specific lines that were used in church. I mean, this was a mini Bible just about how toys were linked to occult practices.
1: And uh, yeah. To what end were they trying to achieve? Other than that, like constant state of agitation that some people love doing of keeping your your flock constantly scared of a boogeyman that i I keep saying fear-mongering that's what i saw it as if you know it's if it's not he-man it's heavy metal music and satan or comic books there's always some sort of unwholesome thing out there that's going to get your kids is that like i've i'll confess i've never been to a church service that was in English. I've been to some Polish church services and I had no clue what was going on. I I went with my wife's family. Um, Oh. How do you say He-Man in Polish? uh, (laughs) Dude, like, I I mean, I I have a grasp of church. Uh, I'm atheist. But my wife's grandmother was Old World Catholic Polish, so she was a survivor of the camps. Oh and she had this wow. like really weird grasp of christian or the catholic church plus her own like gypsy background kind of mixed into it from where she came from and in rochester new york where i'm from uh, they have this one soul church in polish and you ha- i have no idea what's going on but you have to sit there you have to stare straight forward while this old priest mumbles something in polish and then afterwards, we have to go through all like really weird dogmatic stuff that she took from Eastern Europe to the States. Weird things like burying garlic around the house to ward off evil spirits and not cooking food because it's the body of Christ. Things that I picked up on that was like wasn't Whoa. quite right to me, but it was normal in Orthodox Polish Catholic Church. Um, But that's like a whole other podcast and i'm sure i'm going to say something that like hey this is what happened but i'm going to get it wrong in my idiot brain so i don't want to do that and disrespect anybody that's like polish catholic and cool um but that's the kind of stuff well, that I, i've seen.
5: yeah it reminds me of the type of catholicism that was around the southwest where joe and i grew up right it's a uh, really mixed in with folklore and old traditions of natural medicine and things like that there were lots of catholics i knew there that would do these very superstitious things like uh pregnant women wear metal like safety pins across their belly um, especially at night because it will reflect evil spirits and uh, you leave glasses of water out at night because they collect spirits and these things were like occult practices by definition of the American Evangelical Church, but they were
1: intertwined with Mexican Catholicism. Yeah, I saw a lot of that. Like, if I she's passed, um, and we call her Babshi, which is like uh, Polish or grandmother,
3: mm-hmm.
1: lots of like if you asked her about vampires, she would tell you about vampires, they oh. were real to her, you know, so it was like interesting to kind of have her take on things but it wasn't it's just this thing that like her grandma said they were real they got to be real then you know yeah i don't know this has nothing to do with toys i'm kind of just
5: (laughs) um it has a lot to do with the reasons that we weren't allowed to play with
1: toys so i I get it um so growing up i had in the little cul-de-sac that i lived on my neighbor were these two boys josh and jeremy and they grew up in a fundamentalist christian household And I felt so bad for them because you couldn't have any fun because their mother was always there with the list of things they couldn't do. So it's the 80s. You come over. Hey, you want to play Nintendo? No, we don't. Do you have Bible Blasters? No, we have (laughs) Mario Brothers. No, no, we can't. We can't play that. Oh, you want to play Ninja Turtles? No, 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 because that's evolution. We can't do that. Yeah. You know it's like, well, what would you yeah, what what can we do? And it's like we can run around outside. I think that it turned out fine, but it's like there anytime there was a birthday party, there was a list of things you couldn't have Legos, you couldn't have any kind of action figures uh and it was just like I felt so bad for them growing up, and at the same time, I got the subversion for it, so anytime I see it now, I'm like, oh, it's one of those people oh. And I feel horrible, but it's just, you know, I need some perspective and sympathy at the same time, which I don't have.
5: Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. I, I think you could say it, it turns out fine. But the amount of fear those poor kids were going through was probably pretty profound. I I think something to realize about. Why these toys were considered so evil is because we literally believed and were taught that there were evil spirits in them that that a a literal demon could get into a toy by virtue of the creators either intentionally creating a, a secretly satanic show or by utilizing things like witchcraft in that show and then that would open the door using some, some Christian lingo, open the door for spirits to get in. Right. And you were letting those things into your house and they would quote Bible verses about how you are cursed. If you let something like that into your house. And, uh, I had real anxiety, real anxiety about that stuff. It, Mm -hmm. it didn't take me long after leaving the church to sort of shed that specific fear. I mean, there's some things that stick with ex-religious folks after we've talked to a bunch of them we sort of have learned that a lot of ex-religious folks still have a fear of hell um because that was so ingrained but i i pretty quickly was like oh man i can't believe i believed all that
1: bullshit so is the thought that like flying fist he-man leads to smoking cigarettes and then smoking cigarettes leads to shellman (laughs) (laughs) exactly like you kind of set yourself on the on the wrong path let me let me ask both of you. I've listened to every episode of the podcast. You guys are kind of like on my loop, and I oh, think thank you so much. I think Joe probably would be the best example of this, but like, once the rains were off, you guys were adults and you kind of realized that like nothing bad is going to happen if you watch Harry Potter. That's just a bad example. Did you guys like just go ape shit with something like? marvel comics or video games or just something that you grew up that's very benign told that like no you cannot have magic eight ball like leanne did you go home and just read horoscopes anything crazy i don't know of just that like you're free you can do what you want and you're just going to do this thing you could never do as a kid
4: it's been a process like a really long process years and years now like of realizing, like, like, I'll get to the point where, like, one thing is, like, oh, okay, like, I, so it started with Supernatural, like, my friend, my best friend made me watch it, and it terrified me, because I was a big chicken, because I thought everything was real, everything was scary, and so, like, every episode, I was confronting, like, a fear that I had, and.
1: But there's some really hunky boys.
4: They're beautiful, and I love them with my whole heart. (laughs) Dean girl all the way Uh, But So that show helped me Like start to conquer Some of these fears that like I'm still Working through And then like that's kind of Helped like I've kind of dipped my Toe into tarot reading and like But everyone Like I still like I've got several decks On my shelf in here But it still feels really taboo and Sometimes it's like ah. Is it okay to have these in the house? Like, am I opening up to spirits and stuff? So it's still like, it's not like a before and after. It's definitely something that I'm still working through and still like finding out over and over again, like "Mm, there's nothing to be scared of. It's actually okay.
1: Now, do you have kids?
4: I have one kid. Yeah, he's 15.
1: Are you as strict as you were raised with your, with your son?
4: No, no, we, because my parents, it was very rigid, like, absolutely no PG-13 movies if you're under 13, absolutely no rated R if you're under 17, and um, no secular music, so no music that wasn't either oldies or um, Christian, and then, like, some country was okay, but, um, and, like, yeah, mostly, like, it was very biblically based. Like there's a verse that talks about if it isn't like lovely or good or righteous, then it you shouldn't have part in any of those things. And so that's what my parents would base it off of. Um, but with my son, we're very, it's, it, we try to base it on like, how is he doing emotionally? So like, is he ready for this movie? Probably or probably not like knowing.
1: If you your know. son asked for a transformer for Christmas, uh-huh. is that a problem? No, not at all. You're bringing back memories for me. So, you know, your kid, your friend wants you to come over and sleep over.
3: Uh-huh.
1: It just happens. I went to my friend's house with the, the strict, um, I think they were Baptist. Don't, don't quote me on that. Cause I haven't <laughs> talked to him in 30 years. Go to his house. I brought Nightmare on Elm Street on VHS mm. and a box of Weird Al cassette tapes.
3: Oh, cute!
1: So I'm like, we're you gonna have, have my a hero. blast. <laughs> and I walk in his house, and his mom saw my bag of Satan's sleepover party bag, and just pointed really? at the door and told me to leave.
4: Oh, <laughs> oh my wow. gosh! And
1: I just remember being like, uh, oh, man, because like. When I was 10, that's a party. Mm-hmm. Joe Cola, <laughs> you've got a horror movie in Weird Al. And uh, he couldn't partake in any of that fun. And I was just like, man, that sucks. And I had to go yeah. home and explain to my parents who were like looking forward to a night without me. <laughs> and they're just like, "What?" like, I I don't know if they called her and yelled at her or, or what happened after that. But I just remember that event. Mm-hmm. Um are you conflicted as a parent or were you conflicted as a parent of like, is this okay? If star Wars is that, what do I do? You know, like, did you have those moments or.
4: Yeah, I was still like going to church and still deeply Christian when I had my son. Um, so it's been a process in parenting too, (laughs) like as I've moved out of the church and, and, but I mean, a lot of it is instinctual, like a lot of the things that, like I was restricted from never made sense, so it didn't make sense to like do that with my own son. But um, yeah, I definitely like we watched a lot of Veggie Tales with him, and you know, and a lot of Sesame Street or you know Whoa. whatever other Those good, are good stuff, shows. But I know, yeah,
1: <laughs> but like,
4: like I definitely tried to like bring the religion into like I wanted him to have that that firm foundation um and then that changed you know as I realized like because mm. there were some of the like in his ch- ch- bleh, in his children's bible there were a couple stories that really freaked him out and so we skipped those and wouldn't read those bible stories to him anymore and that started Me being like, I can't just like be. It's Christian. It's okay. Um, and just paying more attention to like how he's responding and what he is feeling and what you know.
5: Yeah, if you get excited about evil stuff from playing with He-Man toys and you want to take the next step, it's definitely to read the Bible. (laughs) There is some fucked up shit in there.
4: (laughs) Exactly.
1: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, uh, some stuff that the creators of He-Man would cut. So. Leanne, I'm sorry if this is any any of this is a sore subject. I've never met you. Oh no. <laughs> um this is like my my genuine curiosity because I've never known anybody that's left the church. The closest thing I have now are 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 people who are just like, I'm spiritual, but this is a little bit much for me. I need to like step back and kind of take my own path. Sure. Um, you know, like my my best friend's Unitarian. But it's more just like he he missed the comfort of church and mm yeah Uh, he went back he he's gay Mm -hmm. so it was very hard for him to kind of come to terms with what the church was saying but he still liked the good parts of it and i have Mm -hmm. another friend who's very christian but she lives her life in a way where she doesn't want to be a dick to anybody or be judgmental or say like you're gay you can't hang out with me or Mm -hmm. you play with he-man nope you're going (laughs) to hell She's that rare breed where she's not judgmental and she's not kind of using the Bible for uh, her own end, her own means. Um, Christian, what about you? I mean, have you like. Did you just explode with all these geek things you got to do once you gave it up or was it always there?
5: Well, I I've never become a collector. Well, I think I really had that instinct. Yeah. When I was younger, but I got sort of taught out of me.
1: I think that's some sort of mental defect with a lot of people. Like they have a, a, an obsessive control problem that makes them a collector. You can still enjoy everything and not have an entire room in your basement full of action figures. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like there is no difference. My friends who do
5: have rooms full of action figures though, I fucking love it. I love hearing about toys. I love looking at all their cool shit it just didn't catch on for me for some reason. I, I did have a sort of unique experience though, around when I was 14 or so, my mom was a single mom. And so by the time I was 14, church wise, she sort of considered me the the spiritual head of the household. I was really deep in the church. I was part of a kid's missionary group. And uh, that doesn't mean I got to make any decisions for like, this may be hard for people to understand. I didn't get to make decisions for the house as a like family unit. But if I decided something was okay around that time, I could make the case to her. And she sort of assumed that God was giving me wisdom in that. And I had to be really careful about it because she would get really upset if I did anything blatantly occultic, uh, like, magic cards were out I, I did play magic but i mostly kept it secret uh, but uh so like i sort symbolic of got to could loose the the house? yeah it's a very weird thing but i know that if you have some christian listeners right now they they're, they're going to understand that there was there was no other man in the house and so she literally believed that i that i had some sort of spiritual authority and it was weird. It was sort of forced me to grow up a little quicker than I probably would have wanted to. But at that point, I started collecting comics and I just had to be very careful about which ones I let her see. I read a lot of X-Men, X-Force, that like early 90s stuff. I, I got to Spawn when it first came out. And I don't think she ever saw that I had that in the house. <laughs> she <laughs> would have flipped out immediately if she saw Spawn. But uh, I had a lot more freedom. And I think that has everything to do with me being a guy and Leanne being a woman in it, that she probably had much stricter rules at the church is just harder on women like all of mm-hmm. the world.
1: <laughs> well, I mean, there's like a hypocrisy there, right? Of, oh, totally. You guys don't get the same freedom at 14, 15, 16. There's a, a much tighter leash on Leanne. In some regards, than there was to you, Christian, because you were the symbolic man of the household. Um, it's got so serious for uh, a podcast. I know. It's really, like
3: <laughs> ages on I am jokes.
1: dying
5: to open this. I I, I know it's going to create bad noise here, but I, I got to open this and play with it.
1: Uh, Christian, oh, yeah. while you open that up, Leanne, I have a question for you. Sure. All right, not have a question. You know what I hate more than anything not being able to wear my sandals to the beach. And let me tell you what, if it wasn't for,
4: sandals for the beach?
1: well, if it wasn't for Aunt Mabel's patented Toby gone formula, I'd have to wear boots like everybody else. Just two drops of Aunt Mabel's Toby gone and your extra toes will be gone and lickety split. Thanks. Thanks. Aunt Mabel's Toby gone. I can stop <laughs> being polydactyl and start being a regular Joe like everybody else.
5: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
1: It's yours at camera today. Uh, a I got my glass of our,
5: global milk right here.
1: Yeah. Uh, a staple of our really bad podcast is we can't find anybody to sponsor the podcast. So I just make stuff up every episode. I love it. Um, so you have a muscly guy. Christian, if you twist his waist, he'll spring forward and punch evil in the face.
5: Oh, that's yeah. The
1: flying, the flying fist gimmick.
5: <laughs> oh, that's great. He kind of just looks like he's dancing.
1: Yeah. It's He-Man. He does that. Heck yeah. What's
5: this spinny shield thing?
1: So what they did in the 80s is they kind of just kept repainting the same toy over and over again and gave it a new accessory, make it fun again, and put it back out there. Because He-Man's the main guy. You always have to have him available. So they gave him red shoes and put him out. They gave him a spinny shield, put him back out there again. <laughs>
5: This is wild. They put this is caps. Fun. Thanks, back. Leanne.
4: Yeah, happy birthday.
5: <laughs> What's this tab? This like double tab on his back? Is that so I can hold him? Yeah, so that you can push it with, with your thumb
1: easily, or it's some sort of throwback to what the original toy had that they can't give it now because of like weird safety standards. So the original flying fisty man had caps. If you remember like cap guns in the 80s. So
3: oh, cool. shit.
1: if you moved him, he would spark. There'd be like flints in his chest, which you can't have now because kids would burn the house down.
5: Yeah, that makes sense. It it also came with this like three balls on the end of three Kirby spikes, but it has like a, a black holder and I can like spin it like a fidget spinner.
1: Yeah, that's his, this is for? his flying fist bolo. If you want to know like what it does and how you're supposed to play with it, the little comic that it comes with, will give you just enough information for your imagination to kind of like fill in the blanks.
5: Oh, shit. I have that here somewhere.
1: <laughs> so back in the day, like if you didn't watch He-Man cartoons, you didn't know what it was, you got this He-Man toy as a gift. It'd come with a little rolled-up comic, and you'd open it up, and it'd be like, oh, he punches this blue guy with the skull for a head. And this thing is his spinny shield of doom or his like evil salad maker. Like they really went crazy. (laughs) We always joke that there was a lot of cocaine in these pitch meetings and they kind of just come up with a punny name and then try to make a toy based around it. Like, hey, okay, we have fish, fish, fish foot. Yeah, he's got a fish for a foot. What do we go with? You know, and they would just kind of go from there and try to make a toy. And it looks like most of them were solid,
5: super fun toys. This is great. yeah, I got both his uh, his weapon and his shield on him now. and if I twist his waist, the uh, <laughs> they both sort of
1: spin. This is great. You know it's funny the Uh-oh, noise did I just hearing... get the collector bug? Shit. The noise that I'm <laughs> hearing in my headset of you playing with him was on like fifteen episodes of the podcast because one of our guys, Josh, would just play with it constantly. And oh. <laughs> I would just I would hear, like, I'd ask, like, what the hell is that? And he'd be like, nothing. And I could hear him put it down and pick it up again two minutes later. It keeps spinning (laughs) it.
5: Yeah, fidgeters, that's me. I'll I'll try not to. I'll try not to. But this is, uh,
1: dang, super fun. Well, happy birthday. Hey, thanks. (laughs) 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 He-Man says, happy 43rd.
5: Man, can't believe it took this long. Uh, Yeah, so one of the issues with with He-Man, right, was that uh, the one that was repeated to me over and over was that uh, God is the only master of the universe and He-Man claims to be the master of the universe, which I don't even think that he does, right? Does he ever say that in the show?
1: It's his buddies are called the masters of the universe. So you have He-Man and then you have all his ridiculous friends, Ram Man, Man at Arms, Tila, Snout Spout. Take your pick of like a weird gimmicky toy. (laughs) They were called the masters of the universe, but the whole point of the show was Skeletor is trying to find out the secrets of the universe to take over the world. And the only way to stop him is for He-Man to punch him in the face. In your sandbox, your bathtub, your couch, wherever you're playing with He-Man. So he didn't uh,
5: stand up in front of a pulpit and preach that he was the the strongest thing and that Jesus sucks? No, no. That's that's what I was...
1: (laughs) (laughs) Like, <laughs> I'm just kidding. Was there a really crappy alternative that you had? I mean, did they have like Jesus action figures like the J-Force? You know, like, did he come with a sweet car or any of that? Or is, is that sacrilegious to have? Because I'm going to steal talk about that idea that
5: and make those toys now. <laughs> and you, I, I'll cut you in.
1: We met. <laughs> we had a gag on toys. one of the episodes where um, I had my poor interpretation of what happened to Jesus after he ascended to heaven after he came out of the cave. So bear with me. I'm going to get a lot of this wrong. I don't mean to offend, but <laughs> you're not, yeah, you're not going to offend me. <laughs> this is this has always been my interpretation. He he dies on the cross. They put him in the cave after a few days. He comes out and then like gets his revenge. And then leaves. Oh, man. Right. Would was,
5: you should send this punch up to uh, to the Vatican. This is solid.
1: From the guys that made uh, what's the movie you guys got suckered into watching. I listened to the episode last week with uh, Sean, Pla- Sean, Patrick Fonnery. Um, oh,
5: yeah. Nefarious serious or nefarious.
1: Um, <laughs> you know, so instead of Jason killing campers, it's Jesus with a hockey mask getting his revenge. Um, oh, my God. The bad joke I had is that where does, you know, he goes to heaven after that. A lot of people believe that yeah. like he, he just ascends to something. Yeah, my joke. Flies. My joke was like, does he go to space and have adventures? And then we could make Jesus toys, you know, like he could shoot lasers out of his stigmata, you know, it could oh, be fun. Yeah. Yeah. Solid, solid. Um, you know, you
5: joke, but that's not too far off of what Mormons believe. I know my understanding.
1: Uh, you know, I'm I'm living in the birthplace of the Mormon church. So there's a lot of.
5: Oh, shit.
1: A lot of weirdness. Um, Keep your eyes out for those golden tablets. I, I have to drive past it the farm i drive past it for work once a week and it's so inconspicuous because nobody likes them up here they got run out of town (laughs) but they have the the hill camora pageant um where they descend on this little town outside of rochester once a year and just for the sake of good business everybody kind of allows it but the mormon church still kind of has to live in secrecy up here because the catholics and christians really don't like them uh it's very odd just watching it watching it from like as an outsider to see what's going on um so if you i don't know the episode off the top of my head but if you if you're listening to this and you're on the heretic party end of things you want to hear me joke about jesus's wooden spaceship <laughs> and all of his weird sidekicks that i invented for an episode uh i'll try to post it on our facebook if you join the group you can find it um but yeah like there's always Oh, it's a horror movie, but it's actually a Christian horror movie. You never you never had an alternative in the '80s for like He-Man, or you know, like you guys have your version of rap music, and it's mm. horrible. You never, they never went out of their way to make like a toy that's approved by the church. And I always found there that kind of odd.
5: Some, I, maybe not toys, but there were I mean, there was Bible Man who was
4: there was Bible Man. Oh you know, man,
5: superhero! You, you probably watch more of that
1: and then i did buddy from charles in charge is bible man yeah <laughs> right that's who it is is it, is it really yes
5: oh i wasn't allowed to watch charles in charge because uh, <laughs> there's an episode charles where <laughs> <laughs> where uh uh charles says G's and it was
1: too close to saying
5: jesus christ and
1: blaspheming so that's not true um in our little podcast universe we have a love of bad movies and all those Bible man episodes were like an hour or there were two parts. So they got released as movies on VHS tape and it's like Bible man versus the Fibber <laughs> or like they, they try to teach you a lesson via Bible man. But he was kind of notorious in my circles for he was the actor who played Buddy and Charles in charge. So he was Scott Bayo's best friend and to <laughs> kind of make up for all the horrible things he did in the eighties with like all the drugs and the women. He found Jesus and then made this Bible man show. And kind of trying to the like the
5: same universe, yeah,
1: confirmed. That's yeah, uh, Charles in Charge and Bible Man take place in the same universe. <laughs> he tried to reinvent himself, but there, the show is horrible. And you're right, there were Bible Man action figures. Um There were. I never saw one. That's great. Whoa. Well, I well, mean, know, it's if not ever... great. Like, fuck
5: that. But I am. I, I get excited about that stuff now because I think it's funny.
1: But if you get bored with the Crossley cards you can always you know have an episode about bible man you guys can open (laughs) up bible man action figures if they're cheap on ebay i have no idea
5: we've talked about doing bible man we probably should
1: have you guys am i the only one that's seen the show called gerbert
4: no you unlocked a memory for me
1: (laughs) okay so we have a character on the show that is my direct spoof of gerbert Oh, I Growing up I didn't have cable I had like the antennas uh-huh. And I got like four channels on my television And one of them was the Christian Broadcast Network uh, <laughs> Rest in peace Pat Robertson You piece of shit by the way Seriously um,
4: No peace for him
1: And they played Gerbert That was like their, their morning cartoon So if I got bored with Transformers G.I. Joe There would be Gerbert And it was just <laughs> this weird Mop-headed puppet and his odd life lessons and like his weird voice. And I just had this morbid Christian curiosity. Elmo. Yeah, it was Christian elbow. Um, and I couldn't stop watching it. Like I knew it was horrible. I was just like, what Gerbert? And it, <laughs> it just, if you ever get bored, look it up, uh, where he's every, it's a, a morals lesson in every single episode about, Lying to your parents, or what to do if you see somebody stealing baked beans. Everything (laughs) is is very saccharine. Please tell me that's real. I have a distinct memory of an episode where they have this made-up Western world, like Gulper's Gulch or something, and it's a cowboy, and there's a great baked bean bank robbery because you can't have real money. And there's uh, some sort of plot point that revolves around that. I can't really find much Gerbert outside oh of a little right. bit of stuff on YouTube. And every time I watch it, I just get yelled at by people around me like, what's wrong with you? <laughs> like, Why are you watching Gerbert? <laughs> I didn't um, recognize it by name when you mentioned it,
5: but I looked it up on YouTube and immediately I was like, oh, this fucking guy. I remember. Yeah. And uh, I, Leanne, I guess you watched a lot of it? or We
4: did. Yes. I remember. Especially, so I went to a private Christian school from kindergarten through eighth grade, yeah. and I re- I remember especially early elementary, like it was a good day when they wheel in the, the, the cart, you know, with the TV, and Gerbert uh, was a staple of oh like boy, rainy we don't day. Oh boy, have to learn it's Gerbert. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah, I remember. I haven't one heard you do that impression. He... Oh, I'm sorry. No, go go.
5: No, no,
4: go for it, Lee. I just I do remember the one where he like he's really jealous that he loses the um the spelling bee. Yes. He he has to learn about jealousy. Yes. And And I'm pretty sure we had a cassette tape with like the songs because it was always like the Bible songs and the there were always motions like hand motions that you would do.
1: They live in a weird a weird world where like it's all real children. And then Gerbert.
4: Yes. Which is, you know, yeah, no like
1: one mentions it. <laughs> puppet universe, like, is he adopted? Is there another full-blown Muppet that his mom is really good friends with, but the dad doesn't want to acknowledge it? I don't know. <laughs> this is really incestuous. Um, yeah, like, nobody remembers Gerbert. I'm glad you do. Uh, <laughs> nobody was a couch potato like I was when I was a kid, so I can always bring it up to my friends and then just be like, what? What are you talking about? This is a. I Wendy's. don't mean to
5: get serious, and uh, again, but I don't think you can overstate how dangerous it is for kids to have moral lessons that are couched in verses. That they're 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 like you're you're forcing kids to only believe in morals if they are something that is essential to a bible verse right if they can't find it in the bible then it's not a part of right and wrong and that's probably been the most difficult thing for me to break from after i broke from the church i mean it's been you know a decade and a half now since i left but this is the reason that fanatical christians think that they can proclaim what's right and wrong for everyone else is they have the single authority i'm sorry i'm gonna get i'll go on like that for an hour if you let me i gotta i gotta chill
1: (laughs) no like as a parent it's very hard to circumnavigate because like me and my wife aren't on the same page spiritually so she was raised i mean i mentioned her grandmother like a strict catholic background i was raised the whitest of white trash you could get (laughs) like there's there's no other way to put it i i don't have any concept of religion like it was always in the background i became a teenager and i was just like nope this isn't for me and i became an atheist and that's been the end of it but then you know there's a lot of activities you can't avoid the church like girl scouts is at the church
3: Mm -hmm. and
1: i want to meet everybody and i can't you know thankfully like the church she goes to has a lot of like The old ladies that have been at the church that have seen some shit. And they're very cool. They don't indoctrinate anybody. They're kind of there to run the food kitchen to help out the community. And they're one of the good ones. But it's like, you don't know until you get out there and meet everybody. Mm -hmm. Um, Preschool. It's hard to find a preschool that's not in a church. And then it's like, are you just going to teach lessons to my daughter that just they're good lessons? But yeah, they're Bible stories. It's fine. It's fine. I'm not going to have a stick up my ass about it. Or are you going to try to indoctrinate a four-year-old? And it's like, okay, uh, come on. There's a a really, it's a thin line. Like my my wife wants my daughter to go to private Catholic high school. And I'm of the mentality that like, I want her to decide for herself. I don't want to force this on her.
3: Mm -hmm.
1: Because a big portion of this school is all bible classes like yes she's going to get a great education but there's that other aspect to it and it's like
3: mm-hmm.
1: i don't know how comfortable i am with that but then at the other side of the, the token our public schools are horrible so that's the only other options we have it's america so hard yeah it's <laughs> how we do really it's like i got this beautiful window of not having to deal with this stuff and then i became a father and it <laughs> came back up again uh the only thing like the hardest thing i had to deal with was getting married and reconciling with my wife's catholic side of the family who wanted me i had if i didn't fit all of their certain criteria we couldn't get married at a certain church or i couldn't yeah. stand at a certain spot and it was like all this dogmatic bullshit and i was just like i just can I have some cake and get the <laughs> like i just want to We've done with this, but it was so important to like so many old people
5: mm-hmm.
1: in the family yeah. that did they were. You, uh... Oh, I'm sorry. No, yeah, I know where you're going with this. Go ahead. Did you take communion? So this is what we did. And this kind of roundabout goes back to what you're talking about. Our grandmother was convinced that if I didn't do communion, and I wasn't Catholic. I was going to go to hell. And that any children we'd have subsequently were going to go to hell. <laughs> so we had to convince her that, Pressure. yeah, it, it was a lot. Like I decided to stay to stand back and not have any input. Like if you ask me, like what color napkin, I'll tell you that I liked baby blue or white. Like it was all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. But sure. I I just let my wife kind of like this is your day. Um. But her her grandmother was like really dead set on like it's got to be my way or the highway. So we convinced her that hey, why don't we get this woman who is an ordained minister or is it a minister if you're you're female
4: or priest um, i think it depends on the religion i don't I,
1: know we'll yeah, have her to marry Catholic us was this she and this woman was ended up being like unitarian or something but the funny thing was is we did like a, a unity ceremony with a, a candle but then we also went to the church she was happy in the end but the woman that married us turned out to be the very strict Christian mother of my friend growing up, who we had to play Dungeons and Dragons in secret under her yes. nose.
5: So
1: <laughs> she worked with my wife uh, at this university that my wife works at. She, she meets us. She's a very nice, lovely woman. And she's like, wait a second, Mikey. And I was like, what can I help you? And she's like, you used to play with my son. And yeah. then I, I put the pieces together and I was like, Oh No, and what we would do is like, you know, oh, we're going to go play catch. And then we'd sneak in the basement and have like full blown D D campaigns and smoke oh cigarettes God. and like do all this horrible stuff behind his mother's back, like straight out of stranger things. And she hadn't changed at all. Like she was the exact same crazy dogmatic woman, like very friendly, married us, but like her son came back and he was like, Hey, how have you been? I haven't talked to you in a long time. And he's like, don't tell my mom, don't mention anything. It was just like, very odd that, like, how small my social circle was, and that this is the woman that married me. Um, but yeah, like, I went to the church and I didn't get to stand on the same step as my wife because I Whoa.
3: didn't
1: take communion because I had to take it in like Polish. Thankfully, the pictures, my wife is like almost a foot shorter than me. <laughs> so it, like, You could crop the photo, you can't tell.
5: Uh, great outcome,
1: yeah, like, very just. You know, that's the, that's something they don't tell you when you're going to get married is there's going to be that like really old relative that's going to insist on something insane. Yeah. And they're going to ruin your day unless you make sure that they have salad at the wedding. Like people <laughs> die on the weirdest hills. And this was like, you got to get married in a Orthodox Polish Catholic ceremony or you're not going to Polish heaven or I don't know what it was like. She's lovely woman. I miss her dearly, but she was very crazy about that kind of stuff. Um, and thankfully, because of like the language barrier, she like my wife growing up, her grandmother didn't understand Ninja Turtles, so it just slipped under the radar. Yeah. And she got to enjoy that as a kid, but I'm sure if she did. It'd be an entirely different story.
5: I get to very play with Ninja Turtles and watch the cartoon. But. It was only because my mom wasn't paying attention. If she caught a whiff of any Eastern religion, which is so a part of Ninja Turtles, I would have been right out. If she ever saw them in that original, what, like 1991 movie when they're meditating? Oh, forget it. TV would have been (laughs) off.
1: Do you still have a relationship with your mom now?
5: Oh, yeah. Yeah. We're not not super close, uh, but... Uh, but I love her, and she's still very much in the church. In fact, we had a conversation two years ago about He-Man, came up out of nowhere, and she gave mm-hmm. me the exact same line. Uh, well, He-Man says he's the master of the universe, and there's only one master of the universe. I, like, I guess wow. I'll take what kind of growth I can take. You know, <laughs>
1: like, What a weird thing to waste your time on. You know, like, I'm not pointing fingers at your mother, but anybody in the church that's just like, I need to make sure that we don't have trans kids in the bathrooms. Mm. Like, I'm going to focus all my time and energy on that one crazy thing. Or He Man, I'm going to go after a little naked toy, this guy in his underwear, and like, I'm just going to, all my time and energy is going to go into that. (laughs) It it always, I just, you know,
4: so weird. That Uh, one, so. It's weird, <laughs> but that one makes sense to me more than like trans kids in bathrooms or whatever, because like it's one of the Ten Commandments is that like you shall you sh- you shall not have any gods before me, so like the, you can't the
1: false idols thing.
4: Yeah. Yeah, so it's like literally in the foundation of the entire faith is that you can't have anything more powerful than God and you can't think that anything is better than God or anything like that. So even like so for a toy or a cartoon to say that is even though they're not like literally saying I'm better than God, but like if they're a master of the universe and not acknowledging God, then that then that is is blasphemy? Yeah, that's just a
5: title, though. That's just like a you know, yeah.
4: It's
5: like you know, there are there are lords in England right now, <laughs> right? Yeah. Like, there are. I, it's just. It's such a weird disconnect that Christians can be so afraid of fiction and be so afraid of the power of fiction indoctrinating kids, and then proclaim these things they know so little about and claim to know so little about as absolute
1: truth. Oh, this just yeah. like boils my blood. What this shit? What uh, is like the uh, Christian, let's say you're still in the church. And what if what happens when they catch you? Like they look under your bed and there's a He-Man toy. Are you going I, to hell? Do you get a slap on the wrist? Like what's the the consequences for in having my house, something that innocuous?
5: Yeah, in my house it would we would have my mom would have immediately thrown it away we would have had a long discussion about it we would have spent a lot of time praying because again the the fear had a lot to do with what spiritual forces like literally flying around demons i might have let into the house we -hmm. would have prayed over the house we would have prayed for uh for me to be redeemed from that and any demonic influence i may have let into myself to be Expelled. We we didn't uh at this at after about eight years old, we didn't go to a church that believed in exorcism anymore. I, I did see exorcisms when I was a kid, uh before that point. But uh I definitely would have had to talk to a church leader of some kind. My mom would have talked to someone, a man, to come and pull mm-hmm. me aside and talk to me, and that would have turned into prayer. It would have been a big deal. And I and I would have been grounded for sure. So in a sense,
1: you would pray the he man away. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> they, they felt like you <laughs> you you did your penance and then you would okay. I'm I'm getting wow. Well they're cool it's ones. It's okay if like, you don't we?
5: understand it. It
1: is very, very weird. And <laughs> no, I get it. I really do. um Growing Up, it was something that like I was so trashy that I was sort of like persona negrada in a church kind of <laughs> conquest or in a conquest. In a church setting, so like they didn't sure. want to have anything to do with me. Uh, and going from middle school to high school, it was a very religious town that I went to school in, and they had this clique called Young Life. So, oh yeah. Oh yeah.
5: I worked for Young Life for years. You know it. <laughs> oh yeah. I okay. I was, uh, I, was, uh, I, I, was a, <laughs> I was a Young Life leader for years. I used to. Uh, I used to run camps. I wrote skits and performed <sighs> okay. in them. I was uh, I used to travel to like uh, be the characters that I had written for different camps. It was I wasn't uh,
1: sure if Young Life was like a regional shit. phenomena or if it was like nationwide. So it's nationwide. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had Young Life where I grew up in Rochester and it was based out of this mega church called Father's House. And they were obsessed with getting any and all teenagers as a part of young life and proselytizing except for like the really weird defective kids or immigrants because it was also an immigrant community. So
3: there was a handful
1: of like Asian Muslim and then the kids who were like special needs kids. Or if you were a long haired devil worshiping metalhead, then it was like, well, guess what? You're enemy number one. And I don't know if it was Young Life or the fact that they just left teenagers to make those decisions. And teenagers are idiots that they would use Young Life to kind of make this club that you're not a part of. And that, that was their excuse to bully. And beat, oh, you know, shit. Beat the shit out of people. No way. Because there was no, no guidance. It was just like you're part of Young Life. Before you go to school every day, you're in a prayer circle around the flagpole. Mm -hmm. And they got their feelers into everything in the school. So you started the day with a prayer because of Young Life. Any graduation ceremonies, things like that, they had their fingers in it. But if you weren't a part of Young Life, like you couldn't break the prayer circle, you had to walk around to the other side of the school to get into the school. And things like they would go out of their way, like that was their excuse. You weren't. Mm -hmm. You're a Satan worshipper if you're not in Young Life, and that was their excuse to kind of like bully you and beat you up. Um, and I got the brunt of that. And like I don't have a chip on my shoulder anymore because as a parent now, I kind of realize that kids are idiots. Yeah. So I can't say that there was a leader a church that would have condoned that. I just don't think they knew what the hell was going on. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm sure a it's lot still of still creating a click. Yeah. It was, it, you know, it's, like it's, I belong in this cool thing. Of young life. And if you're not a part of it. For whatever parameters we've set. Fuck you. And it's like. I mean that
5: that attitude in the church. Is how adults grow up. To completely sequester their kids. And
3: mm-hmm.
5: isolate their communities. And believe that they have. The only correct way to live. Which is what leads to. Things like hate for trans kids. And the gay community. And yeah. That's, I mean that that is baked into something like a youth group whether it's young life or whatever but the we are better than you attitude absolutely i thought i was the only teenager in some settings that knew the only knew the truth about god and that because
1: of that i was superior one of my best friends in high school uh who i just mentioned previously i doubt she'll listen to this episode but if she does her name's annette She was super religious, but she hated young life Mm. with a passion. Or, I mean, she associated with them, but she just didn't like how hypocritical they were. And in her eyes, they weren't practicing the teachings of of Christ because they were all jerks. They were all humping behind everybody's back. Like,
3: Mm.
1: nobody was doing what they were supposed to be. You know, like, they weren't practicing what they were preaching. So she she felt much more comfortable hanging out with all the people who were rejected because we were real people to her and she was super cool because of that. And I've always respected her from that because she went out of her way to be like, you know what? These guys suck. I'm super religious, but you guys at least are like acting like yourselves
3: mm.
1: and you're not putting out pretenses that you're, you've got the, you know, the thumbs up from Jesus because you're in young life or you've got this badge that gives you authority over everybody in school. Um, and again, like all the, I'm not, I don't want to, Dunk on anybody or cast shade or anything like that because I mean, people change. I'm sure 90% of these people are different now than they were when they were 17 and 18, mm-hmm. right? Because we're idiots. And the rest of them are
5: conservatives who have been elected to public office. <laughs> oh,
1: God. <laughs> um, yeah, you know, a lot of them vote certain ways and things like that. Like, I don't want to get political, but. <laughs> Sorry. Where am I going? It's supposed to be about fucking He-Man.
5: <laughs> uh,
1: this, first of- this is what happens.
5: This is part of why our podcast happened. Was yeah. <laughs> I was terrified. I was sure that if I wanted to talk to people about leaving religion, that it would be like pulling teeth. No one would want to do it. And it only took a few conversations, bringing it up casually at a bar for me to find out, oh, everyone has a story and everyone wants to talk about it. It's it's the elephant in the room. We need to, like, point it out. And.
1: Yeah, you know, it's like or even if you're not religious, it's around you. It's everywhere Mm -hmm. you grow up in it. Everywhere you get get stuffed in a locker because of it. Or you had to Mm -hmm. buy a stick and a ball for that kid down the street because his mom wouldn't let him have take your pick of something from the 80s. Because (laughs) all the Jerry Graham said, like, you can't have that thing because of the gays. Whatever. (laughs) <laughs> um cool i'm glad young life is I'm, oh it's nation it's probably still around i'm guessing it is i i was actually mm-hmm. working on an
5: episode for young life uh doing the the initial planning it went through a really interesting reckoning recently where uh it, well so young life sort of situated itself in recent years as the cool christian group they were sort of chill about everything they didn't push the Bible too hard. They didn't try to force people to convert.
3: Mm-hmm.
5: But that led a lot of gay Christians into leadership there. and the head of Young Life came down and announced that being gay was absolutely unacceptable. And there was this huge exodus of employees from Young life who thought they were a part of the Cool Christian Club. And uh, yeah, I got a book on it. I haven't read it yet, but I've been looking at articles in case you're in case you're interested. You can cut all that if you want.
1: <laughs> no. Um, no. I'll I'll probably leave that in. Uh, just for like a... In our hundred episodes that we've done, or we're going to do... This will be the one with the levity, and then we'll go back to uh, jokes about cannibalism <laughs> and stuff like that. Um, Hell yeah. <laughs> like... <laughs> Yeah, so like the tiger never changes its stripes. That's kinda it's kinda sad. And I feel bad for all those kids who, you know, wanted somewhere to fit in and they get kicked out because of mm. dogma. That's Absolutely bullshit. Mm. Um well cool guys. I'll tell you what. Anytime you need an avenue to vent about something geeky, you know where to find us.
3: <laughs> Hell um,
1: yeah. Or if you want somewhere Love to be a little more inappropriate than you normally are. Uh, please just take it to Cow Creepy Head's Saturday Morning Monster Mash, yeah. uh, where we spent a whole episode last you, week asking my friend who he would have sex with.
5: <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: which which action figures? No, I we had a, he, a special if guest. If he owns
5: them, he can already do that. Did, did yeah. someone
1: tell him? I, we had somebody coming on for the first time. <laughs> it was their first time podcasting. And they're really nervous and I wanted to make it easy for them, So I don't want to put them on the spot for anything. I just wanted to casually talk to them. Mm-hmm. And we always have some sort of joke segment on the show where somebody does an impersonation or I have a, a jokey uh, commercial. that's not real. Take your pick. So I, sometimes I'll play a game. And this game was Mike, who another Mike on the show, uh, our special guest was Sam. And it's like, well, how well do you know, Mike, let's have a contest. And I gave Mike two horrible choices of who would you have sex with, like a grizzly bear or Freddy Krueger. And we had to guess, you know, like I literally just wrote down the most crazy things I could think of. (laughs) I put them in a hat.
5: That's fucking great.
1: And it was just like you put them on the spot. I said, like, the world will blow up if you don't give me an option. If you don't tell me Cookie Monster or a raptor from Jurassic Park.
4: Cookie Monster, 100%. Cookie Monster. Wait, that yeah. was he's, like
1: a unanimous a though, like, the he's
4: so bears. enthusiastic
1: you get cookies after you fuck him, <laughs> and he's yeah. all fuzzy if you like bears you know if you like big burly men <laughs> you got cookie monster um, so it just made for like really funny conversation we had nothing else planned for the episode it was just an hour and a half of I threw my friend on the spot I didn't warn him <laughs> Mike was like hey surprise we're going to ask I love you that what so you much. have sex with <laughs> steal that if you ever you can't think of content put uh put somebody on the spot and be like okay i've got two choices here from the bible <laughs> who would you stick your penis in
5: i already oh, wrote God. it down it's already it's already in my notes um <laughs> let me tell you man, i love y'all's show and i'm so jealous of your impersonations yeah i i can't do anything like that and like who who is it that does the muppets
1: that's josh Josh, um, we didn't know he could do voices. So this whole show kind of came out of COVID and, uh, I live in Rochester, New York, which is Western New York. Mike lives in Niagara Falls, which is also Western New York. And then we have Josh who lives in Austin, Texas. And, uh, I was getting that COVID money that everybody was getting because I was unemployed and I, I just had this stack of cash and I'm irresponsible. And I'm like, what do I want to do with this money? And it, it kind of clicked that, like, I want to make my own toy. And Josh is an independent toy sculptor. Like, he makes, like, uh, urban vinyl, that kind of stuff. Oh, so, so cool. He was uh, making a name for himself because he sculpted Log for Brennan Stimpy. Like, he always had his versions of Log. Mm-hmm. And he was he was doing, like, little two-inch resin figures of cool stuff. Um Buddha was C-3PO's head. He was making a name for himself. Now he makes a name for himself with uh, doing Ninja Turtles characters and things like that. I reached out to him and I was like, hey, just curious because I was buying this product. How much would it cost for you to make me something? And I was expecting him to say, oh, it's, it's $50,000. Like I had no no scale of reference. And he gave me a number. And I was like, I have this in my bank account right now. <laughs> um so he's like, yeah, this is this guy that I work with. He does the artwork. I do the sculpting. And then I found out that it's like, oh, this is the artist is Mike and he's in Niagara Falls and Josh is in Texas. And then we found out that the three of us are demented. We love toys and fart jokes and horror movies. Perfect. COVID comes along. We ha- You can't leave the house. You have nobody to talk to. And I was like, why don't I just start recording our conversations and making it a podcast just so I can say that I did it. You know, like, you want to see, like, I, before I'm dead, I made my own toy. Uh, I climbed Mount Everest and I, I did a podcast. <laughs> and we were doing these joke commercials and out of nowhere, Josh is like, I can do the Muppets and I can do Warner Herzog. Oh <laughs> <laughs> you know, yeah, like
5: His Warner Herzog's great.
1: We're like, what? <laughs> and then, like, he can do a dead-on Kermit the Frog, Miss Piggy, or, or Good Enough, uh, Fozzie Bear. And like he was doing stuff like Cardi B lyrics as Kermit the Frog, <laughs> and we're just we're having a blast. And it's like if I'm ever I can't think of something if I don't have the creative juices, I can kind of just Mad Libs the subject and give it to him, and he'll give it back to me as like Warner Herzog lamenting how he doesn't like peel, pull and peel for roll ups, <laughs> and he'll make it the funniest thing ever.
4: It's incredible. Uh, or I <laughs> mean, I like
5: into them without a reference sometimes, just for a yeah. line or two, and I immediately know who it is. I knew it was Werner Herzog like the second he started. I was like, oh,
1: that fucker! God,
5: is we he available to
1: for for lessons? <laughs> yeah, or if you just want him to like send you a recording as Oh, that's a great totally idea. Just shoot it to a messenger. Uh, we don't pre-record. Like I, it's all live. We don't pause. I just will pause for a second. And he'll just go right into it of like a crazy character. And it's like, this is the funniest thing ever. Like I didn't know I needed Fozzie bear or take your pick. I'm, <laughs> I'm pulling, I'm drawing blanks of like crazy shit that we've done or just like, I'll try to think of a, a horrible game to put somebody on a spot. And that's the comedy that I, I find. Or like, I, I think of like my take on Gerbert, and it's just me trying to stick my fingers in mike and josh's mouth you know <laughs> theater of the mind and it's them freaking out like yeah. you stop it and i'll just waste like 15 minutes amusing myself with uh the comedy comes from like nobody's ready for what we're gonna do um Solid it, pod. It, it works like 40 percent of the time <laughs> it's, it's good enough uh so if you're ever bored and uh you want to listen to adult men talk about action figures and toys and cartoons or if you kind of just want to vicariously do that stuff through us so you don't have to totally listen to the pod um we have a lot of people who work from home now that are big fans uh and surprisingly we have a lot of female fans which surprises me to this day because it's kind of a sausage fest sometimes but um women really like mike's voice for it's, some strange, strange reason.
5: It may be a sausage fest, but you all are, like, the cool ones. You're fun, and, like, you don't say shitty things. I think that can be refreshing just for someone to hear a we bunch tr- of dudes get together and not talk about who they want to fuck except for
1: Muppets or Raptors. Yeah, no. I can't, You know, I grew out of that. I, still, like, I, I feel like I'm still kind of... Uh, making up for shit that I did when I was in my twenties. Oh I mean? boy. no, <laughs> uh, just, just being like a sexist dick. You know, it, it kind of takes, everybody has that moment where something hits them in the head and they're like, Oh my God, I've been a piece of shit my whole life. I was a uh, sexist
5: dick for decades and it was called being a Christian.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <but> like, uh, <laughs> I, I had my moment where I was like, I'm a piece of crap. Holy shit. And, uh, I just try not to be so like it's hard when you're trying to be funny to not insult somebody uh so if we do it we try to do it for things like the muppets aren't real how dare you you, you know what i mean like they're not gonna like, <laughs> uh fozzy bear isn't gonna show up in my house and break my knees with a crowbar like so <laughs> i don't worry about offending Fozzie bear i don't worry about offending helen keller which is low-hanging comedy fruit, honestly. But uh, I'm not going to go attack somebody for their religion or their sexual preferences or handicaps. Unless it's a made-up handicap, like our take of Gerbert is a boy with no bones. Which isn't a yeah. thing. <laughs> so,
3: um,
5: Do you think the Muppets ever worry about their long-lost cousin who got converted by that Christian cult and ran away?
1: You know, that Gerbert's just the tip of the iceberg. There's (laughs) a whole, like, public access, wholesome puppets. Like, you could go forever. It would never end of just, I'm a weirdo, and this is my puppet, and I'm going to tell you about Jesus.
4: Puppets are big in Christianity.
1: Yeah, I, I don't get it.
4: Like Huge.
1: Are you just enthralled when you're a kid, or are you like, this is the stupidest thing I've ever seen? Um, I don't know, both? but every Sunday in Children's <laughs> Church, puppets, puppets, puppets.
4: I mean, Gerbert was always a bit of a square, but...
1: Uh. <laughs> you hear that Gerbert? Leanne says, fuck you. <laughs> he probably grew up to be shitty. I- I'm sure he's got like very <laughs> thick, yarny stubble right now. He's living in a trailer park with a wife that's oh, no, I also his cousin. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I could picture how an episode of like Maury, like oh Herbert. yeah, the DNA <laughs> test results are in. <laughs> you are not the father, and you're like he flips his chair over, and runs around like a maniac, and <laughs> or you never actually see his legs move. He's always behind some s- sort of furniture because of the puppeteer. And yay, yeah, you should have known when your kid was not half fabric. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It's just ugly. You're not the father. Yay!
3: <laughs>
1: <laughs> so. oh, man. All right, guys, I'll let you go. Thank you. It's been a pleasure. Thanks for oh, man, me. This is great. I will send you the links. Super it took me a little fun. while to like get off my pedestal and just get into the dumb shit. So uh, <laughs> hopefully, if I ever come back on, there'll be more stupid. And uh, a little bit later, uh, I'll start looking for horrible Christian puppets and then I'll come back with more. Oh boy, <laughs> oh, boy. we gotta have you on. That sounds if, great. If you uh, you ever find any more toys that have ban- been banned and it's hilarious, just get a hold of me and I'll, I'll come out and give you my, my two cents.
4: Wait, I have oh, a I question so for many. you before we go. Oh, of course. Yeah, what? Okay, so for a super deprived 90s kid... Like, what do I need to experience? Goosebumps. Oh my God, yes. Okay. That's a great
1: answer. That's a do great you, answer.
4: Where should I start?
1: Here's what you do <laughs> I want you to wait till this weekend. Okay. Go to a garage sale, open okay. up Facebook, open up Craigslist. I guarantee you, within like 10 miles of your house, there's goosebumps somewhere for like a quarter yeah. or a church sale. Um, I have my daughter could give two shits right now, but I have a lot of goosebumps because I hope that she's going to be into them someday. Um, the guy who writes goosebumps, whose name slips my mind suddenly.
4: R.L. Stein. R.L. R. L.
1: Stein, R. L. Yeah. R. L. Stein <laughs> did an interview where he said, people call me the training bra for Stephen King, <gasps> which is like, I love it. You like some stuff? But you kind of you're like I don't want to go too far in there. You got goosebumps. Awesome. I think that. Do you have like, a
4: favorite one?
1: I've never read any of them. <gasps> I know. So because I was such a deviant growing up, I was already like when Goosebumps came out, I was too old, uh, and I was uh, I okay. thumb my nose at it, and I'd be like, I'm reading Stephen King. Meh. <laughs> I got a crusty Playboy that I'm gonna read. I don't need goosebumps, but kind of like. Now I got to get back into them, but I have a stack of comic books perpetually that I'm always kind of like, I need to find out what daredevils doing first before I get back to goosebumps.
4: <laughs> <laughs> um,
1: I would also recommend the adventures of Pete and Pete.
4: Yes. Oh, shit, I did uh, love that show. That one was allowed.
1: That holds up and it's cool. And the brothers, <laughs> the Pete and Pete are always doing cool shit. Like going to bars and doing like beer tastings. And it's always weird. Like, I'll just find out they're in town doing <gasps> something cool. Oh, you mean they're hang literally out with Pete in town?
3: Pete?
1: Yeah, you can hang out with Pete and Pete. <gasps> oh, my God. In the God. Northeast, they're around. So that I'm I'm hoping that that's just, like, that's their job now, is they live Amazing. off the name. But, like, my friends met them at a bar, and they were plugging some sort of, like, independent IPA. So it's, like, you can try, like, <laughs> Billy's, Billy's Pumpkin Stout with Pete and Pete.
4: Incredible!
5: I swear to God, I'm so down. Uh, have <laughs> you okay, had, I got, okay, I got a quick question. Yeah, what's what's my next toy? Could you play with the creepy crawler machine when you
4: were a kid?
1: No, I don't even know what that is. Leanne, do you know what a creepy crawler
4: machine was? It like the bugs, like the gummy bugs.
1: It's you know, don't don't get this. I'll describe it though. It's an easy big oven for boys. So easy big ovens came out. And it wasn't cool for boys to cook. So Mattel, who made the Easy Bake Oven, just made it green and put different stickers on it and gave you metal trays that you can make your own rubber bugs in. Oh, my God. Uh, but That's it's exactly the exact, exact same thing. And it's that it was a staple of like the 80s and the 90s. You got He-Man. I'm sure Joe would tell you all about any kind of superhero toys <laughs> you want. Yeah. Power Rangers are Power Rangers forbidden. Yeah, they were.
4: Not for my house, but for lots of my friends.
1: Um, Transformers is anything bad about a car that turns into a robot? Yeah, there's a whole <laughs> chapter on Transformers in this book. <laughs> wow. You know what? I've, this is what I, I'm going to tell this. I don't tell this to everybody. Go out to some garage sales. See what you find. You can, you're not going to blow all your money. And it's just like, I never had this as a kid. Magic 8-Ball whatever great idea it's like you're just gonna <laughs> get to have that fun for the first time
3: i love that or idea. any other
1: movies you couldn't watch like Neverending story or mm-hmm. Taking Back the goonies i'm sure you've all seen them now yes yeah so it's kind of like you're not gonna have the the fun of having that for the first time read some goosebumps
4: i will like i'm literally i i work at a library so dude Literally I mean, I think you can read those out. in like
1: a day. Uh, they're <laughs> yeah. you know, like they're very quick, easy reads. That's what I would say. Um, from somebody who enjoyed the '80s, I'm still here, so. Love it. <laughs> Leanne goes through like 200 books a
5: year—no exaggeration—and so I would expect the next time you talk to her, for her to have read all of them.
1: What do you read, <laughs> Leanne? I'm always curious, like what's on somebody's. Everything.
4: Everything. Everything. I just finished reading uh, Slewfoot by Brahm, which is about, it takes place in 1666, and this woman is recently widowed, and she's trying to just, like, make her land work, and she ends up falling in with this creature uh, named Slewfoot, and uh, you don't know if he's the devil or not, and yeah, it's very, like, witch trials-y,
1: super,
4: super, super good.
1: Can I end this on a funny story? Please. And I'll let you guys know. Yeah. So my senior year of high school, I kind of gamed the system, and I had a lot of free time. So in my high school, you could kind of take the hard classes in your freshman year, and then when you got to your senior year, you'd have a lot of study halls. or You could go to college and things like that. I had AP English classes because I had nothing better to do, and this English teacher that was independently wealthy and we never knew what she did for her money but the story we were told is that she uh was in the school because she needed the medical benefits which made sense i got nosy one day and i'm I'm handing a paper in and on her desk is a manuscript and i'm like what she's not looking and i find the title and i I do a little investigating on my own and i find out that she's a trashy romance novelist
4: love that for her
1: oh yeah so yeah My smart ass thought it would be funny to kind of out her to the class because I found at I worked at Wegmans, the local grocery chain up here. Uh She wrote all of the like Fabio. Cowboy with the shirt open, (sighs) holding the windswept haired woman. So like, you know, the farmer's daughter, like those kind of books. I'm so jealous. I take that career. Had a ton of money, but she had to keep it secret because the strict Christian parents would be like, no, no, no. How dare you teach our children? Because <gasps> she, she was like, she had a pen name like Suzanne Smith or something. <gasps> um, but I found out and I got it deep, deep shit and got suspended from school for a week. Oh, dang. Did Before anything happen to her? She's fine. She She's still novelist. Nobody found out. But I didn't know. I thought it'd be funny because, I you know, she's writing these trashy like softcore porn novels to tell everybody about it. And it wasn't cool at all.
3: Whoa. Um,
1: but yeah, she's still, I won't say names in case people listen to this and get uppity. But uh, as far as I know, maybe she retired because it's been so long. But yeah, she's still a teacher teaching. I
4: want to know so badly. <laughs>
1: phonics and punctuation. Um, <laughs> off the top of my head, I can't remember her pen name. But there's so many of those like trashy paperbacks that are just everybody loves. And They're she, great. Yeah, she was just doing it and she made a lot like the rumor was that she was like a millionaire. But, you know, medical benefits, there's no union for writers, that kind of stuff. So she was just part time teacher and I'm an asshole teenager that's like, everybody, (laughs) look what she wrote. The end.
5: All teenagers are
1: assholes. You're 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 forgiven. Oh yeah, I was a shithead.
5: As a heretic podcaster, I'm I'm granted the power of forgiveness, and
1: (laughs) (laughs) I own it, man. (laughs) You're forgiven. All right, guys, you have to go uh, read one trashy novel. Yes, go or read Goosebumps. Lots of Goosebumps. I will. Some choose your own adventures, man. Have some fun.
4: I will. (laughs) Uh,
1: Listen to Heretic Party, a podcast for apostates forever. Podcasts are available. You guys are on everything, right? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Spotify, uh, Apple, all that stuff. Great, great production values, Christian. You take the time to put in all those segues, and it's hilarious. Um, oh, thank you. And you've got your own voice guy in Joe with Shalman, which
5: <laughs> oh, he's so good.
1: Cracks me up to no <laughs> end. Um, hopefully, I can get him on next time because that motherfucker is funny. It's <laughs> so, so funny uh and listen to count creepy saturday morning monster mash that's creepy with a k because plato owns the name count Creepyhead, so i had to change the spelling uh, no kidding it's based on my favorite toy as a kid it was a plato dracula toy and uh i just changed the spelling and nobody cares so <laughs> i, I dodged still a lawsuit <laughs> uh guys thanks for coming on it's been awesome Thank uh, you so much. <laughs> Michael, you're the best. You, you're the best. Leanne, you're awesome. Thanks it's for so being great. a librarian. Uh, <laughs> yeah. All right, everybody. Peace out. I will catch you guys soon, hopefully. And uh, this should drop very soon. Uh,
4: awesome.
1: <laughs> thanks for coming on, guys. I appreciate it. And look for the uh, plugs for me very, very soon.
4: Sounds good. Hell yeah, you
1: all right. too. Bye, guys. <laughs> friend.
4: Take care. <laughs>
1: Well, guys, uh, I know you didn't get to listen to it personally, but, um, but you know who did and has a quick word to say,
0: you know, religion, it's a real son of a
1: bitch. So Josh, you stole the joke before I could set it up. <laughs> they love your fucking impersonations. And Christian oh, well, is thank you. super jealous that you can just pull out the Muppets out of nowhere uh, and that you can also just jump into Warner Herzog without any kind of provocation. And I joke that sometimes we don't even have jokes and we just mad stuff to you and you spit it back to us with Warner Herzog. So the joke that I said, literally pulling something out of thin air, I said Warner Herzog lamenting the fact that he can't buy pull and peel fruit by the like pull and peel fruit roll-ups anymore at the store.
0: The shapes brought me such joy, I would look at them and think to myself this is childhood in a small cellophane wrapper, I would put them on my tongue one at a time and let the shapes dissolve so it was like a small tattoo but in my mouth and then with the cutouts that remained I would melt them on my chest just to feel the joy of that sugary sap goodness nothing will ever rival fruit roll-ups pull and peel
1: (laughs) Um, mike also mentioned was your your deep sexy baritone voice that everybody loves so Uh, i've
2: never considered it to be deep
1: <laughs> um, but I, I just said like for some reason, ladies love Mike's voice, and it was just like, mm-hmm. Everybody <laughs> kind, kind of disagreed. Um,
0: one for the ladies. <laughs> <laughs>
1: it's nice, like Barry White on a <laughs> podcast. <laughs> hey, baby, you <laughs> listening to Booger Man's Closet. Oh yeah, my um,
0: darling, ah. Can't get enough of your toys, babe. (laughs) (laughs) That has multiple connotations. (laughs) Uh, Sex toys.
1: (laughs) I got to visit Jerry's closet this weekend. I forgot to bring the stickers, unfortunately. But um, I picked up my giant box of shit from Sam. I got to meet her nieces and nephews who were hanging around. Uh, also, Sam, congratulations on the new career change. I didn't realize it was going to be, like, that fast.
2: Yeah, that's pretty rad.
1: But, uh, and you're, like, you're jumping in from, like, one really hard job to another really hard job. So, um, you've got mad respect from me. And also, shop at Jerry's Closet. Your one-stop shop for DVDs, Blu-rays, comic books, trading cards, toys. You name it, she's got it. Get
0: and as... As is tradition with me, I sent her encouragement in the form of a Nicolas Cage
1: gif on Facebook. Yes. <laughs> Stop at Jerry's Closet at the East Aurora Flea Market, which is a kick-ass flea market. Um. So it's come to this, a Simpsons Family Podcast. I believe uh, they're on episode 70-something, and that kicks ass. Uh, Mike, Boogeyman's Closet, you just... Recorded Cabin Fever, so I'm guessing that's coming out soon. I just listened to uh, the latest one, Darkness Falls, mm-hmm. and uh, I'm getting used to the new format, and I love it. Thank you, thank you. Josh thank has God. a
0: box. I, I was I was going to say that's that's you know I said that jokingly, and not that there there is actually like a full box yet, but uh, I finished. Making, you know, making the template for the box digitally so that when it's all done, like I can have it printed with the with the box shape on it and then just cut each individual box out, which is going to be a pain, but so, so worth it. Uh, And I also did a bunch of photography today. So uh, there's going to be pictures, pictures, uh, very in the vein of the the vintage, vintage uh, box back. Cool. Sweet. So, I think I think those are the last essentially like physical things I need to do other than printing and cutting and and that, you know. One step closer and this time I, no and this time no steps behind.
1: I, I never thought we would get to see your box.
0: <laughs> you know, it's I I will say though this has been a genuinely, genuinely fascinating lesson on putting together something of a larger scale like this, because it's obviously it's one thing to release a three and three fourth inch figure bagged and tagged, uh, or or even with like a one off custom card back. It's a whole other beast to have a fully articulated figure in an almost seven-inch scale that you're doing full-on retro-style boxed packaging for that you need to also safely secure the figure in, like vintage packaging, you know? Right. So It's been, it's really, it has been a very, very interesting lesson because so much of it, was so much more difficult than i anticipated and that i should have known just from the history of doing packaging that it would have been like that Mm -hmm. but at the same time it's as frustrating as as it's been that it's not out, out yet it's also been a really interesting learning experience of like okay so i need to keep this this and this in mind for full boxed packaging
3: Well, it's going to be rad, though.
1: Josh, yeah. just, I, I want to give you money. <laughs> like, uh, every Friday that I'm not buying stuff for you, I just go buy dumb shit. <laughs> and, like, you know, I pay bills or, like, do good things with my money. And it's like, I just want to buy your shit. Take my money. I I'm I so appreciate
0: impatient. That. It's uh it's we're in the end
1: game now. Well, I'm excited and I'm excited for what the future holds as always. Uh Race by Reynolds. S- fun stuff coming up. Your last episode with Dawn was Johnny Five and Terminator. I don't Jesus H Christ. <laughs> that was so fucking good. And <laughs> Like, I never thought I'd get nostalgic for Short Circuit, <laughs> but Jesus Christ, you guys did it, so <laughs> bravo, hats off. Um, thank you, thank you. This is like the Terminator sequel that we never got, that we needed. Like <laughs> Honestly,
2: I, I think that episode is one of my favorites only because, like, you can kind of hear on the recording the point where the pieces fall into place for me. Yeah. And I, I was like, oh shit, I think yeah, I got like, it.
1: You got the last piece of the puzzle in there and you're like, oh, and then when it all comes together at the end, I was like, what? <laughs> I was uh, it was
2: the Randy Marsh moment of,
1: oh, oh, <laughs> time is a circle. Um, and who am I forgetting? Coffee Dreams LLC for all your gothic, awesome artwork. Um, she kicks ass and so does Mike McCoy. And they got to go to Living Dead weekend for the forty fifth anniversary of Don of the Dead, and I'm so fucking jealous. Yep. Um but good for them. And uh, and I am I am very happy
2: uh, to say that their encounter with Tom Savini was not bad. So it's like, yay, he was <sighs> he wasn't a total prick.
1: So like I'm over conscious of being precocious now mm. because of what like Susie jokingly said, I don't even think like I'm as bad as I think I am, but I like they're showing all these pictures of Tara and Mike meet Tom Savini. And I just wanted to type, like, was he a creep? (laughs) And I was like, no, shut up, shut up. Don't ruin the moment. Don't be precocious. And he wasn't a creep. That's great. Yeah, no, we, we had talked prior to them going
2: and, and I just kind of warned her. I'm like, you know, Savini kind of has a reputation for being a bit of a prick uh, when meeting fans. I said he was kind of a dick to me. Um, I know several other people that he was a dick to. So I was like, just, you know, don't have high expectations. <laughs> like, you know, en- enjoy your time, but don't expect him to be real personable. And um, he wasn't personable, but he at least wasn't outwardly a dick to them. So, Or
1: the other end of the spectrum is he's a huge pervert. Yeah. Yeah,
2: um, I did warn her about that, too, and thankfully that didn't
1: Well, happen. not to Tara, but maybe to Mike.
2: Well, yeah, that, too. <laughs>
1: uh, Tom likes to party, but it looks like they had a great time. Galen Ross, Ken Forey, Scott Reininger are all super cool people. And,
0: uh, you know, not for nothing. Uh, and this isn't. This is not meant to lessen their experience at all. I don't know if they're listening to this, but this is not meant to lessen their experience. But generally speaking, the people that I've talked to that have had positive experiences with Tom Savini, mm-hmm. regardless of whether or not he's creepy or hits on them, it's always because there is an attractive woman there with them. Yes. So, yeah. I'm not surprised they had a good experience with him. Ex- that, yeah, and like, <laughs> exactly. That sounds terrible, but genuinely anyone I know that has had a good experience with Tom Savini has either been an attractive woman or with an attractive woman
1: mm-hmm. uh, well you could others... also say that about like Robert England. Uh, take your pick Jeffrey yeah. Combs uh...
2: so you know I've heard the opposite with Robert England I- I've heard that he don't care who's in line he'll he'll talk to everybody
1: you know the two times that I've met him, I I was with uh, the opposite sex and I didn't I, I became invisible. Ah. <laughs> but it was also like hey I've got a horror movie t-shirt on and my boobs are out kind of. So like I get it because if I was in his shoes the same thing had probably happen. Oh yeah. Um, anyways, hey, they had a great time. They got to go to the Monroeville Mall. It looks like it was a kick-ass time with like recreations and photo ops, and dude, awesome, good for you guys. It's a rite of passage. Um, And I was just reading through the comments, and uh, Mike McCoy mentioned um, where he got Grand Illusions for the first time was this horror shop that used to be on Transit Road in Depew that I used to buy action figures from, and it just made me feel old because he said he got it when he was a teenager, and I was like, oh, I was in my 20s. Um,
2: yeah, that happens often when I'm talking to Tara We'll be discussing life events And she was like, I was 12 I'm like, oh man, I was in my 20s
1: Yeah, like, <laughs> oh I had my first liver transplant
2: yeah. I already had to have knee surgery
1: uh, Happy birthday to one Matt LeMay The baby of the show Turning 40 Congratulations, buddy. You're still alive. You did it. You're what, like halfway through your life, maybe a third. (laughs) Good job. I hope you get some awesome stuff. And uh, I don't think I mentioned it last time, but uh, I got to peek at his collection. Uh, His wife put some pictures up on Facebook and his G.I. Joe stuff was in the background. and It looked really cool. So um, he's got a kick ass garage and I'm like super jealous of him. Uh, you guys want to jump into show and tell? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, as you guys saw in pictures today, a very, very, very random Ollie's find. I found some Boss Fight Studios Bucky O'Hare, Deadshot duck figures for four ninety nine. So cool. Uh, I went to two Ollies, one in Pennsylvania, one in New York. The one in Pennsylvania had. Bucky O'Hara, the one in New York didn't have shit. Um, but I got two. I got one for myself, and I got one for our gigantic giveaway for the 100th episode. So if you want one and you can't find it, you got a chance to win it. Um, I picked up some stuff at the East Devon Flea Market. Of note, the what, what is the, the springy trouble bubble thing from G.I. Joe?
2: Oh, the uh Cobra pogo ball, pogo, yes, yeah. the Pogo.
1: I got the battlecore when they went in space repaint that's like golden neon green. Oh yeah. Uh it was just sitting in a box of stuff with some other random vehicles. It was five bucks. So uh I have no idea what I'm gonna do with it, but I just saw it and I was like, I can't let this sit here. I have to take it home and adopt it. Um <laughs> that and I got the beholder from Dungeons and Dragons. The crazy deluxe HasLab exclusive. It's like Zarthan or something. It's got like an actual name.
2: It looks so cool.
1: It's almost perfect, but they cut corners. And it kind of like holds it back from being amazing. There's no flight stand. It should be floating. So there should be some sort of clear peg going up from the pile of gold into the base. And it's not there. So it just sits on a pile of gold. Mm-hmm. Um, the only articulation in the stalks is where they're all ball joints that just plug in. You can plug them in anywhere. There's no rhyme or reason to where they go for the eyeballs. Mm-hmm. Uh, that kind of takes away a little bit because, you know, you want them to kind of pivot and maybe to be able to look around. Other than that, it's got this really awesome eyeball gimmick. There's a lever in the roof of its mouth to make it look left or right. Kind of like a Boglin. Oh, nice. Uh, it's totally cool. It's heavy as shit. It's like six pounds. <laughs> it's Jesus. a beast. Uh, if you can get it, I'd say it's worth full price if you want like a nice display piece. It's really cool.
0: Now, here's a random question. Are, are the peg holes still there for the flight stand?
1: No, there's no peg hole. Ah, damn. There's nothing. Yeah, so I was like, I could get another one. I don't know if it's still weight would maybe make like the clear plastic snap, like there'd be too much pressure or it's just Hasbro being Hasbro. Um, See, but that's
2: that's the thing. They didn't even need to include a stand. They could have done one of those little like clear bases where it's like, a you know, actually not like a peg, but like a four sided piece that'll hold him like a yeah. kind of cradle I, him at
1: the bottom. I would love anything. It, it works. It sits on the gold just right. Mm-hmm. It doesn't, it's not hard to kind of position it to get kind of just like nest in there perfectly. It comes with a goldfish, which is something that I don't know what it's for. Right.
3: I'm not sure either.
1: Yeah, but people have been complaining that the other exclusive, the Owlbear, if you look at it funny, it breaks. Mm. So, like, I saw reviews of that, and then it showed up the same day, and I was like, oh, shit. But it's fine, because it's got very few moving pieces. It's all nice, sturdy plastic. Uh, But I guess Owlbear is, like, thin thick like it's thin hard brittle plastic and the joints it's just junk apparently um that's so buyer beware and i got grizzler but josh you've re- reviewed Grizzlor before so i'm not gonna waste everybody's time with that uh josh what'd you get uh i didn't get much but i did get some
0: some pretty fun things i will start with uh i grabbed uh I entirely lucked out. I walked into Walmart at the right morning on the right morning uh, and they had all of the transformers legacy evolution wave with shrapnel, so I got deluxe shrapnel you know, he i he is exactly what I want from one of these insecticons his insect insect mode makes like no sense uh it looks like a Box with pincers, but the transformation is quick, intuitive, and he looks very accurate to G1. And more importantly, looks amazing with kickback. Uh, so if you can get your hands on one, I would definitely say he's worth picking up, uh, especially if you like that G1 aesthetic, which I do. So he looks he looks really cool. Yeah. Um, yeah, I was, I was really surprised to see him. It was, it was totally one of those moments of like, Oh, holy shit. That's shrapnel. Like I, I stared for that minute where it was like, what am I looking at? Oh, oh, it's the full (laughs) new wave. Um, yeah, no, he's really fun. Um, I also got, I know Mike's probably going to talk about this a bit too. So I will just give my feelings of, I really, really like it on clearance. I got the uh, the vintage collection speeder bike, and full price, big thumbs down. Clearance, big thumbs up. Uh, at at the clearance price, it feels like the appropriate inflation from the '90s one that was just a re-release of the vintage one. Mhm. Uh, and speaking of Star Wars. I made the rare Star Wars purchase. And I got the Black Series George Lucas in Stormtrooper disguise. I'm really impressed with the George Lucas likeness. It, in pictures and it, even in the package in person, it looks off. And I think it's because the neck is positioned wrong. <laughs> because once you reposition that neck, all of a sudden, it's absolutely a moment of just like, oh, holy shit, it's George Lucas.
1: <laughs> I mean, could he be a stormtrooper with like a, a turkey gobbler?
0: I was just going to say, does he have the waddle? Sadly, he doesn't because the way, you know, the way they're constructed, the waddle would technically be going from the chin to the neck. And it's two right. separate pieces. Uh, But he's He is very much like Werner in the respect That like you do have to boil and pop if you Want to take the head off but then You've got a George Lucas head Nice So Six inch George Lucas to hang out with Werner
1: Yeah You know what yeah now I want it For like (laughs) I should start making kit bashing Famous directors But there needs to be, like, what, is there a chubby body I could put it on that would make sense?
0: See, I, I really, really want Hasbro to just hurry up and start, like, lowest price possible clearancing out their starting lineup. So I I can get, like, five or six of them and just have, like, a basketball team of, like, Werner and George Lucas and uh, J.K. Simmons and, Make your own Uh, NBA jam. And uh, what, uh, why can't I think of the actor's name that played John Hammond? Yeah. Um, Richard Attenborough. That guy. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, just like, just have this like starting lineup basketball team of like these old chubby white men. That's funny. Um, yeah, and that's it. That is Mike. it for me. Mike, what about you?
2: Um, I actually got quite a lot in the last uh, week. I had some Ollie's finds. I got the uh, Power Rangers Eyeball Monster that you Solid. guys have both got. Yeah, oh yeah, especially for ten dollars, like absolutely worth it. I do want to uh, work on the paint a little bit um, after, especially after seeing what Josh did with his and how much better the sculpt looks with a little bit of added paint. Because um, it's a great sculpt already, but it is very clean. So add a little bit of paint on it, and I think that'll look really good. Um, I also got the Marvel Legends retro Ant-Man figure there for $3. And um, I, you know, much like the reaction figures, I just, I like these simple, uh, f- you know, five points of articulation figures, especially when they're cheap. You know, yeah. when, they're, when they're like 20 bucks, it's like, no, I'm, I'm not happy with that, unless it's something... Like the weirdest, where it's like, wow, well, <laughs> that's worth the twenty dollars.
1: Um, I make exceptions for Super Seven, but mm. five and under is perfect price point for those Marvel Legends guys.
2: Oh yeah, they're they're just fun little figures,
1: especially um, Ant Man because he could be different sizes.
2: Yep, and he's he's much shorter than the uh, the uh, other three and three fourth inch figures. So yep, it it kind of works. Um. I also got uh, Judge Fear from the Hiatoys, and uh, it's, it's pretty damn badass. Like, I know Josh already talked about this guy, um, so I won't really go into much, but I love the sculpt on the head. It's really, really nice. Um, so now I'm like, well, damn it, I think I have to get the rest of the judges because this is really cool.
0: Um, yeah, fire and mortise are worth it. Just be ready to glue the fire pieces onto fire.
2: Yeah, that's that's the only thing that's kept me from buying him so far, because <clears throat> the sculpt on him is awesome. But when you told me about the the fire pieces kind of being a little loosey goosey, I'm like, ah, I got to glue those on.
0: The upside is you can
2: position them however you want. Mm, that's a good point. Um, But yeah, no, I'm, I'm impressed with what high is doing lately, and it gives me hope for their GI Joe line. So I'm uh, I'm going to definitely buy those as soon as I can. But uh, I also got a reaction, uh, Lord Zed from Power Rangers. Um, He was like on the eBay or eBay. What am I saying? Amazon warehouse finds for like eight bucks.
1: Totally worth it.
2: He was like, yeah, you know what? He's a cool looking figure. I'm going to grab him. Only problem I have. Now, this is the second time this has happened to me with a reaction figure. Um, The sculpt is a bit wonky in the sense that his left leg is slightly longer than his right yeah so he can't stand you have to like put his one like you have to kind of put him in a walking position to get him to stand
1: i i think they're using like two different kinds of plastic mm-hmm. and one is shrinking more than the other it's i don't know weird yeah i've well, got a, a handful of reaction figures to do that where i'm like what the fuck is going on because it's it's not like oh i just have to move the ankle yeah because there no, the- is no ankle movement
2: this is, like, straight up, it's shorter. Like, I'm, I'm looking at it right now. There's, like, he needs corrective shoes. Yeah. <laughs> um, and it's the same thing that happened to me with the, the Quintesson figure, because the stand is tilted to the side. So it's like, why, why are some of these, like, slightly warped or different sizes? Um, so that's annoying. I did also get Grizzlore in the mail, um, which was, uh, you know, a nice surprise the other day. And I can't say anything that Josh didn't already say about him. He's freaking rad. I love him. Such a great figure. Um, And then, yeah, I got the vintage speeder bike. I just got it today. And the only thing that I'm not too happy with is I hate the Biker Scout's uh, legs. The the joints of the thighs fucking suck. Um, And I get it. I get why they did it. But the funny thing is, like... I remember okay, I know I bitched about this on the show before. I bought the, the vintage collection biker scout a little while ago, the one that comes with the stun baton but no gun, even though he has the holster. Yeah. This this is not the same figure. I thought it would be the same figure, but his joints are completely different. And especially like the neck peg. The neck peg is really fucking tiny. I mean it works great for the, the speeder bike because you can move his head all around to the right positions, but it's completely different joints. So I'm like, what is Hasbro doing? <laughs>
0: uh, yeah.
2: Because because that one, like, you can position his legs to ride a speeder bike as well. So there was no reason to cut two of the points of articulation out of his legs for the speeder bike one <laughs> versus the one that they already put on card back. It's like, why didn't you just put the same fucking figure in with the speeder bike? <laughs> it doesn't make sense. Like, they cut corners on the figure that weren't cut from the regular vintage collection.
1: I, Which uh, cost them more money instead of just re-releasing the one you wanted.
2: Right. Like, I don't, yeah. I don't understand what Hasbro's doing. Like, it's so weird. Um, but yeah. I, oh, and I also got, uh, the world of Nintendo, uh, Samus right. Aran figure. Uh, that was totally on a whim. It was like, I was in Walmart <laughs> buying other stuff. I'm like, hey, let me go over to the toys. And I saw her for 10 bucks. And I'm like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm just going to check it out. I, I haven't bought a Jack specific toy uh, since God. What was they had? Mortal Kombat at that one point, like back in 2005 or six. Yep. And I haven't bought a toy from them since because I hated those figures so much. It's a really nice figure, especially for ten dollars. The plastic definitely feels a little cheap. Um, The joints are a little loose, but it's it's not bad, like. You know, it's it's a very she's a very posable figure and, you know, pretty playable. Like you can you can put her in whatever you know position you want a three and three fourth inch figure in. And uh, she's really cool. Like the only thing I wish that she had was like some kind of blaster attachment because it's hollowed out. Like it looks like you could put like some kind of blast effect in there, but it didn't come with anything like that. But really good figure for especially for the price point.
1: She can't hold her blaster with her other hand, right?
2: Um, You can kind of kind get of. it. Yeah, it's not like the arm articulation is not perfect for it, but it's almost there. It's like you could see that's what they were kind of aiming for. Um, Like, I'm trying to see if I can get her to position because the problem is there isn't a swivel uh, like a bicep swivel. So you can't really get them. You can't really get the arms over to that point. So but her hand is positioned as if she was supposed to be holding her arm.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: so yeah you can't really do what i'm trying right now it doesn't work that's <laughs> <Yeah>, fine <laughs> but i mean overall as a you know as a samus aaron figure something i wanted since i was a kid it's like that's pretty cool so but i do actually have several more things on the way because i kept finding amazon deals so next episode i'm sure i'll have a lot more to talk about <laughs>
1: <laughs> but that is all i got this time cool Um, I'm going to hop right into the news. Are you guys ready? Indeed. Let me glance at the notes first. Uh, before I forget, Ricky Berwick got married. (laughs) What? Congratulations to our frequent punching bag, Ricky Berwick. Uh, I hope you're happy. You, you deserve it. And, uh, unless this is a joke that I've fallen prey to, I'm pretty sure he hooked up. With his girlfriend that's in a lot of his, like, TikToks and stuff. They got married. Oh. Um. Also announced today that I just saw there is a fourth animated Mortal Kombat movie coming out. And it's all Johnny Cage stuff. And it stars Jennifer Grey as herself. And hmm. Johnny Cage has to save her with, like, Mortal Kombat <laughs> shenanigans. Swear to God. Why? Uh,
2: <laughs> That's really I, fucking
1: weird. I guess it takes place in the 80s. She goes missing some Mortal Kombat baddies, kidnap her, and then Johnny Cage has to, like, kick ass and get her back. I don't okay. Know, I, I read the plot synopsis, and I was like, I didn't really like the other ones. I thought they were just sort of passable. Mm-hmm. But I'll watch that. That sounds fucking hilarious. Um, anyways. <laughs> Velverse uh, There was like a G.I. Joe kind of convention, and they announced that because of uh, higher production of their stuff, they are dropping the price. They are going to pass the savings on to their customers. Their figures now will be $19.99 instead of $24.99. Oh, okay. You know, because that's the right thing to do, Hasbro. Wait, you you mean it's it's
2: not, not the right thing to do is charge more for the characters that people want? And yeah. charge less for the other characters?
1: Yeah. Anyways, um... Mini-comics, many Faces has been shown off. And, uh, not only does it have new paint job, it's got new faces. Which is pretty fucking cool. Uh, so if you weren't sold on getting him, I would get him now, because he's got, um, like a new robot besides, for sure. But everything else, it's like how his faces appear in the comic, and it's pretty neat. Uh, Reaction is doing Princess Bride figures. There is another wave of older Masters of the Universe stuff that's harder to find is going back up for pre-order. Uh, of note was Ninjor, King Randor, Green Trapjaw, and I believe Ratlor. Mm. So if you missed them, now's your chance to pre-order them again. Uh, there is a new wave of Marvel Legends that they showed off for the Marvels. The only characters from the movie are uh, Miss Marvel, Photon, and Captain Marvel. The rest are comic book figures. And the build of figure is totally awesome. Hulk, who is like Asian Hulk, that was Hulk for a while. Uh, other new characters are Karnak from the Inhumans, Marvel Boy, who's a character I've never heard of until this wave. Kuro's return, Iron Man, is the other new one. So it's a lot of comic book. They're kind of like trying to find the right balance. Um, everything up into the latest wave of X Men stuff is already been clearance out of Target, so they're like pushing through them. To make sure there's no backlog. Uh, McFarland has a new deal with Blizzard. So if you like Blizzard properties, McFarland is going to be making more stuff. News that dropped today. Some new G.I. Joes are coming out. Uh, There is an Amazon exclusive Cobra Eel that's already sold out for pre-order. Let me triple check because I want him bad. Yeah. Yeah. He sold out pretty quickly, but I'm sure there's more coming. Uh, they showed off Desert Commando Snake Eyes, which is just a repaint of Snake Eyes and Desert Colors. So, I mean, I get that you kind of have to keep Snake Eyes out there. I would have rather had one of like, the toy-inspired decos for him, but that's fine. And last but not least, the guy I've been waiting for since the start, Tunnel Rat, And if you look at the official Hasbro pictures lurking around in the background of tunnel rat is the zombie Viper. So Uh if you want to get excited, he's coming. Uh, It's a little blurred, but it's definitely like OG Viper body with a zombie head at least. Uh, But it's definitely in the background there. They like to tease upcoming shit and people have found that listing. Um, in some computer systems at walmart i believe so it's coming get excited and uh if that list is to be true and to be believed we're also getting two more dreadnoughts in ripper and buzzer i believe let's see here they're doing devo reaction figures uh NECA has showed off all of their san diego comic-con offerings You've got Secret of the View's Kino with Scooter. He's $100. Bucks. Uh, Greta from Gremlins 2, the showgirl Greta. I believe there's like a quick scene where they do a dance number where she comes out of her face. That's oh, really. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what that's from. Uh, there is the Turtles in Time Samurai 4-pack is 150 and it comes with like extra heads to put on your other turtles if you want it. Melmac Comic-Con Elf, the Elf figure you've seen before with, like, Comic-Con clothes. And the one worth getting, in my opinion, the Glomadar Creature from the Black Lagoon, based on the Remco Glomadar Creature from the Black Lagoon colors, he's $30. Um, And these are all going to go on sale on the NECA website next week. So they will be available 621, 622, 623, every day at 12 Eastern. Sorry,
0: who's who? Did you say the uh, the zombie viper was uh, teased in the background of Tunnel Rat? I'm looking now. Let's say I, also on the the
2: back of the eels package. I, I know this isn't uh, isn't anything they're making, but it includes those weird tube worms from the uh, mass device episodes.
1: Oh yeah. Okay. Oh,
2: so I, I was like, that's kind of funny that they put that on the
3: package.
1: The um. Snake Eyes packaging just has Storm Shadow mm-hmm. sitting on the back of a building. So it's like the Easter eggs are there, but they're not always upcoming figures. Sometimes they're just like, hey, this is what makes sense. Right. Um, this is news that got me, like, really, really fucking excited. There's a new Pumpkinhead figure coming out from a company called Syndicate Collectibles. Syndicate telect- blah, 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 blah. Syndicate Collectibles is a joint venture between Toy NK and Jerry Melcuso. Jerry Melcuso, 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 whatever. Cherry <laughs> Melcuso used to run Soda Toys and Sweet. Pop Culture Shock Collectibles. Um, so there's a picture of the figure. It looks awesome. I don't know what this means for the trick or treat studios pumpkin head. I hope this is replacing it because the trick or treat studios one looked like shit. Um, I didn't even see that one. And, uh, it was like a, a mock-up, and it just didn't look good. Um, and Jerry Melcuso knows his shit and he loves pumpkin head and he was going to be making this. So I was a gigantic soda nerd. Um, before he sold the company and moved on, because he kind of saw blood in the water, and he got out of there. But the first two assortments of stuff that he made, he was very active in the movie maniacs.net message boards, which I was a big part of. Uh, and he was very open with the fans, and he was super cool. And Pumpkinhead, he made an eighteen inch pumpkin head, and that was also going to be a smaller offering. And he had he was thinking about doing like Blood Wings Pumpkinhead and a bunch of stuff before he just decided to cut his losses and go because the company wasn't doing well. Um, mm-hmm. So this is pretty cool. I I, I hope it works out um, because there's other shit that he wanted to do that if he could get his hands on the, the property again would be amazing. Uh, tremors, Leprechaun. Um, I believe what else did he, he had the killer clowns license. He was going to do more with that. It didn't happen. He had uh, some money return stuff that he showed off. He had uh, a Burt Gummer Tremors two pack series three of soda. Now playing looked entirely different from what we actually got. Um, So I'm excited, but I I will totally buy this pumpkin head because the McFarland one isn't accurate at all. Um, It's, it's missing Lance Henriksen's little wiener that the original one had. And it's kind of Photoshopped out of here with some like smoke and shadow, but you can, you can see the nuts. <laughs> and, and his little dingling, so um
2: you can see the nuts that's
3: the episode title
1: <laughs> Thank you um yeah so that's happening uh what else? let me read through the news here this I'm looking at all of this in real time uh wave fourteen of Masters of the Universe we've got snake. Claw, or Serpent, Claw, Man-at-Arms, Spike Ore, Squeeze, and the Snake, Attorney, and Guard. So two repaints, two new figures. I think Spike Ore and Squeeze are like must-haves. Um, I would say Serpent, Claw, Man-at-Arms, too. I don't know about the Snake, Guard, though. That's kind of like up to you if you want to spend the money on that. Uh, it's like the Attorney and Infiltrator or something. Mm. Uh, continuing the trend with Hasbro not taking any risks on Indiana Jones figures, the Dial of Destiny figures, there's only two. Another Indiana Jones and Helena Shaw his goddaughter. Because, you know, we need another Indiana Jones. Yeah. And these are part of the Temple of Doom build an artifact assortment. I, I kind of don't really give a shit. Um, oh, this is up. Upcoming news here: Fresh Monkey Fiction, which is the in-house uh, Big Bed Toy Store toy line, and a company called Chicken Fried Toys are making four-inch scale cops and crooks figures. The first figure that they have shown off is the cowboy dude, Marshall Sundown, the Texas lawman. They are already hard at work at our first assortment of six figures, different sculpts. We'll offer these. In pairs of two single card figures at a time, with work being done at our second factory partners. These finding manufacturer Bob da. These are the guys that have made their Western Tales figures. So I'm guessing that they went with the Marshal because he's using some pre-existing cowboy parts that they had. Probably. Because um, he's definitely not the most exciting cops and crooks character uh so let's see here our first assortment of six characters will have some familiar faces with two heroes and two villains and even two drivers don't know what that means i like cops and crooks i'm not gonna get the marshal because i never think of him when i think of cops and crooks yeah uh so we'll see and it's probably gonna hinge on the uh the price I think that is it. Any Transformers news? Not that I have seen. Oh, uh, Marvel Legends is got has a two pack with Space Knight Venom, which is a previously released over ten year old build a figure of Venom when he was in the Guardians of the Galaxy, and a new symbiote called Mania, who is like a punk rock girl symbiote, and she looks cool. And there's a new head on the Venom, so it's like there's a little bit of meat on the bone if you wanted to get it. I think that is it. There's like some DC McFarlane stuff and Blacklight repaints, Blue Beetle junk. Nothing really to lose sleep about beyond that.
2: There's uh, one bit of Transformers thing.
1: is the Buzzworthy Bumblebee
2: Troop Builder pack. Have you guys seen that? Oh,
3: yes, Oh yes.
2: That's I mean, it, like, I don't know if I'm going to spend the money on it because those troop builder packs are usually expensive, but it's got some fun looking figures in there. Like, I know they're all reused, you know, reused molds with like little tweaks to them, like new heads and stuff. But I, the, I like that Quintesson trooper
1: quite a bit as yeah.
2: the, the G2 universe uh, Cybertronian trooper. I like him,
1: too. Did you see the two pack with dead um, Ironhide? no. <laughs> but that's kind of De- fucked up. Yeah. Dead prowl, dead prowl and ironhide.
2: Oh, but sad. Oh god, I see it here.
1: Yeah, so it's it's ironhide with like the hole blasted in his chest.
2: Oh, that's vicious. Aw, <laughs> oh, man. Childhood trauma. I think it's pretty cool. <laughs> I <laughs> don't, don't get me wrong. I, I fucking love that movie, but man, seeing that as a kid and seeing some of my favorite transformers get gunned down sucked.
1: Okay, so what else do we have to talk about? That is it. Uh, Hall of Fame time. Congratulations, Sam. Your baby won the a monster. I'll be honest, guys. I don't have any picks for Hall of Fame. Do you? Um, you know, I didn't, I, but I can pull one up, I'm sure. Uh, I had once. All right, Josh, you go. <laughs> and I'm going to just pull one out of my ass. All right, yeah. Well...
0: I'm going to say good luck to y'all on on beating this one because it's a good one. (laughs) Uh, I'm going to go with the G.I. Joe Mortal Kombat Goro. Oh, oh,
2: that is a good one.
0: Okay, all right, you know what? He's
2: got
0: got four arms to beat
2: whatever you're going to come
0: at him with.
2: I'm going to see your Mortal Kombat Goro and and raise you the only fat G.I. Joe with Street Fighter's E. Honda <laughs> 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 Alright,
1: you want a theme? <laughs> I love that E. Honda figure So uh, do
2: I, such a fun figure
1: Fuck, they didn't do a third fight <laughs> he came from Astro I'm gonna go <laughs> with Belanca on mm. the road pig body <laughs> The reused road pig
2: body, yes
1: who was like their default muscle chest for everything in that line?
2: <laughs> I I know you said muscle chest, but immediately I thought muscle cheeks.
1: Um. Well, Shao <laughs> Kahn. <laughs>
2: exactly.
1: Cheeks. That, oh, I want to meet him in person and pinch his cheeks. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> the best description I ever heard of him is they. I forgot what movie they were covering on Film Sack, but they were talking about him and that's actually where I got the phrase muscle cheeks from. Cause they, they, they coined that. But the one guy was like, it's like somebody that's a really good artist, you know, was, was drawing like a, a normal looking muscle bound guy. And then they drew his face at the wrong perspective. Like the face is a little closer to you than the body is.
1: Yeah. And I couldn't
2: stop laughing at that description. <laughs> I was like, it's accurate. It's funny as hell.
1: Like, When God made him, he had a few too many.
2: (laughs) Him and the platypus.
1: Yep. (laughs) (laughs) And Gary Busey.
2: Oh, God. Okay. I know you guys aren't on TikTok, but Jesus Christ, Gary Busey's TikTok is hilarious. Oh, God. He's fucking weird as hell. He Um, just had a, a video the other day where there was, for some reason, a gif of Pikachu, like, sitting on his arm. He was just, like, saying Busey things, but there was, like, a random Pikachu that was there for reasons. Like, oh, my God,
1: I don't understand uh, this. Like, does he have an assistant? I, I think he's just off the leash doing whatever he wants. Oh, uh, Busey, I feel bad for his neighbors. Um, <laughs> <laughs> okay, everybody, thank you for listening to this oddly pieced together episode we will be taking next week off because I have a Girl Scouts graduation ceremony to attend, but we will be back after that with episode ninety-two, which is going to be another special appearance by Sam, and her very, very, very secret special guest that's going to be joining her. Uh, so, do
0: you know what's going to be really, really exciting at the Girl Scout award ceremony? What? I guarantee they're going to have boxes. <laughs>
1: Uh, this is Josh. <laughs> my daughter.
2: I thought he meant boxes of cookies. I
0: didn't. Go- <laughs> I, I just i i literally just meant cardboard boxes.
1: Okay. <laughs> I, I hope they're doing some Savini style stunts,
0: <laughs>
1: jumping off of balcony balconies into boxes and.
2: that the ending of this episode went dark
1: (laughs) okay everybody uh don't forget to check out heretic party a podcast for ex-apostates and everything else that i plugged i'm too lazy to do anymore we will be back in two weeks and this is mike saying play with your toys
2: this is mike saying
1: watch out for boxes
0: this is josh saying Josh.
1: <laughs> Bye, everybody.
3: Bye.
1: <laughs> when I woke up today, I don't think I'd find myself in East Aurora with a belly full of rock gun whiskey. It's some dirty dive called Jerry's closet, but here we are. I've seen some shit. I've seen a man wake up in the jungle with his legs gnawed off by rats. You what else I've seen? Great deals on like action figures. Comic books. Blu-rays, DVDs. Trading cards. Shit. There was even vintage pornography. Well, I'll be goddamned. Maybe it's all the liver damage that's uh, making me see things, but... I think you should go down to the Easter Aurora Flea Market and check out Jerry's closet. Tell him I sent you. Sent you straight to hell.
3: (laughs) Oh,
5: God.
1: ha
0: uh-huh. Count Creepy dot com on the World Wide Web Must I say it again? Did you not listen? Count Creepy C O U N T K R E E P Y
5: Ah